I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Speedy, what's going on, bud? Well, I'm not blaming the referees, or somebody likes to call them. It's the referees. (laughs) Yes, I was going to say, somebody likes to call them in the Yosemite Sam terms. The referees. It is the WEF's fault. The WEF's. Wefs. Wefs? 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 You like yes. that? Yes, yes, I do. The Wefs? The Wefs. The Wefs. You sure it's not the Wefs' fault? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, but I, there's a lot of people that aren't. Well, the Wefs are ruining the Ranger game. The, the national nightmare, as Jeff would put it. <laughs> well, he can, he can keep that one. I'm a Ranger fan, so I'm not going to call it a national nightmare if they win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The Rangers, Carolina. Interesting game. Third period. Two to one, Carolina. Mm-hmm. Game number five. If Carolina loses this game, I say the Rangers win this series in six. Who would have thought that? But uh, nope. it's the Wefs. It's always the Wefs. Anyways, we have a great show lined up for you guys. Uh, at ten o'clock, we'll be talking to Roto Ball. Well, Roto Baller, fantasy baseball, and second DFS writer John Anderson. He'll be joining us. Uh, a lot of hot topics today. Uh, it, there's so much going on, especially here in New York. As Kevin Durant in the Nets, front office not talking. Could he be forced out of the New York Brooklyn Nets? Uh, very interesting because the whole Kyrie Irving situation. Oh, yeah. Uh, this could be uh, the end of this dynasty of nothing. Uh, as Sean Marks, <laughs> Sean Marks might be looking for a job as well, as he has ruined this organization just as bad as Billy King has. So, good job, Sean. Congratulations. You guys just surpassed the Dwight Howard, Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash big three as the uh, Lakers big three as the worst big three of all time. Now being coached by Steve Nash. Absolutely. <laughs> um, we will get into the Lebr- LeBron James speaking out that he wants Doc Rivers as his next Lakers head coach. Woohoo! Even though he's under contract right now. Yep, you'll have to trade for him again. <laughs> oh, how wonderful. What would that be worth? Um, uh, not much in my eyes. Anyway, so we'll get into the Rangers Game 5 recap a little bit later in the show as the game is progressively going as we speak. Um, we will get into the NBA and NHL playoffs as last night, one of the best hockey games you can absolutely watch, uh, the St. Louis Blues and the uh, Colorado Avalanche going all the way to overtime after 50 seconds left, three up, three one in the series. Avalanche has to has a chance to end St. Louis and move on to the Western Conference Finals. 
and Thomas scores from St. Louis, takes it all the way to overtime, and St. Louis wins in overtime in Colorado. So, interesting, interesting series, and could you imagine if St. Louis pulls off a win in game number six? I mean, really interesting. Um, We will also get into the Colin Kaepernick, yes, the knee the knee drizzle, as we call him. Uh, he uh, is now um, trying out for the Oakland Raiders. So he gets his official workouts for 2016 with the Raiders. Uh, interesting. And, and the latest NFL trades, contract rumors uh, with Jerry, uh, I mean, Terry McLaurin, um, Debo Samuels, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, and Baker Mayfield. So. Interesting, interesting, interesting. And, yes, we'll get into the Celtics knocking yes. off Miami. Why wouldn't we get in, involved with that? But, uh, yes, we'll get into the Celtics as well as we get into the NHL and NBA playoffs. Yes. So, before we do that, I just thought it was really, really funny. Uh, before we came on in the show, we were talking to Jeff, and it was just so funny how Jeff says, if if all the Ranger fans were not lurking behind the green screens or whatever the heck they're doing when they're not watching these Ranger games. They're complaining about the referees. And obviously, Jeff made it very simple that this is a national nightmare for New York Rangers, uh, for the New York Rangers to be where they are today. So uh, if you're a Ranger fan, it's a complete national nightmare here. So there you go. Uh, But I want to get into the Kevin Durant situation because – this story seems to keep building and building and building with this Brooklyn Nets team. And this organization who has been built by two players, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and an ownership and obviously management of Sean Marks running this organization ever since he's taken over for Billy King, built this team around youth and young players like Carlos Levert and, and, and different types of talent that they've drafted over the last couple of years and then just traded them away to rebuild this team around, around veterans like obviously Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and eventually James Harden. You look at this organization now, going into this offseason, there is no sure thing. Kyrie Irving, who has come out publicly saying that he wants an extended uh, contract, a a high contract, uh, one of those max contracts from the Brooklyn Nets worth about 240-some-odd million dollars for five years, which if the Nets do that, they're a bunch of idiots. Yeah. You have Kevin Durant, who is not talking to the Nets front office right now. He's not getting along with the organization on some of the things that they have done during the season and what they believe and what he believes they're going to be doing in the offseason, which is absolutely nothing. You look at this team and you wonder if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan or you're a Kevin Durant fan, what is Kevin Durant going to do this offseason now that he can opt out of his contract and watching the Golden State Warriors go to possibly another NBA championship If I was Kevin Durant, I wouldn't be happy. But again, I wouldn't be happy because I don't trust my second best player in Kyrie Irving. A guy that has been outspoken, stupid when it comes to social media at the end of the season. And throwing his organization 
under the bus. Now, I also look at Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is a fantastic player. But this man has not been healthy for the last two seasons. This man has not really played over 70 games in almost three years. So you wonder, sitting here today, are you willing to let Kevin Durant take that extension? Are you willing to pay Kyrie Irving that kind of money to fall short like they did this year in the first round against the Boston Celtics? I look back really all season long and I wonder, with this James Harden situation, this was the first full season that all three players could have been healthy, could have played for 62 to 80-some-odd games together, even though they only played 16 games together since they've been here together for two years. And you wonder where this organization is heading. What is the future of this organization? And you look at this team right now, there is no careless Levert. There is no Spencer Dinwiddie. All there is is a selfish, big mouth, no good, social media king like Kyrie Irving and KD, who, let's be honest, made a mistake leaving Golden State and going to Brooklyn. Honestly, he would have been better off going to the Knicks. That's not saying much. I sit back right now and I laugh because the Knicks are, you know, moving under the gun. They're, they're, nobody's talking about them. There's nothing to laugh about with them right now. Uh, there are stories coming out from the, the Knicks organization that they're going to go heavily after Donovan Mitchell in the offseason. That they're going to go heavily after Brunson when he becomes available as a free agent. And the Brooklyn Knicks, they have no money. <laughs> They gotta pay Kyrie Irving two hundred and fifty million dollars, or they're gonna have to trade him. <laughs> oh, they're gonna have to trade him. And now with Kevin Durant in the position that he is, why would you sit back and say we're gonna keep him? Because honestly, he's gonna opt out of this contract if Kyrie Irving you're not gonna extend. So you lose Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. So you might as well fire Sean Marks in the off season and start all over again, like they did with Billy King. And maybe your only chance of keeping Kevin Durant at this point could be saying, all right, what player do you want? And hoping that he's available to trade Kyrie Irving for. Because Kyrie Irving, I think... Donovan Mitchell? Maybe at this point. I, I Will Kevin Durant want to play with Donovan Mitchell? It's always a great wild card. I can't see Utah players. making that trade. No, I, I, no, it makes no sense. If he wants if he wants five years and $250 million, Utah's not going to give him that kind of money. And they they regressed badly last year. It makes no sense why they would do that. And Maybe the Lakers? I mean, playing with LeBron, he's <laughs> Kyrie the for Westbrook swap. <laughs> well, Kyrie, I, I, you would have to trade Russell Westbrook and maybe... Yeah, you'd have to trade more than that, but... Maybe somebody else. But it'd just be funny. Just maybe Davis? Kyrie and LeBron back together, Katie and Westbrook back together. That'd be funny to think. Or maybe you trade Davis. Maybe. Maybe you mm-hmm. da- trade Davis for Kyrie Irving. Yeah. And and link, uh, obviously, Davis, Anthony Davis, and Kevin Durant. Was Would that keep Kevin Durant there? Right. Maybe. Right. What I'm saying is you're going to need that exact scenario to happen. 
happen. Now, granted, Kevin Durant has a lot of player power within the organization, too, but there are some levels of it where it could get to be tampering, which we see it illegally and informally a lot throughout the NBA Players Association anyway. So which player will it be and how available will it be to that player? Because the Nets have been really one of the few teams that have gone to these big extremes in this, I guess you could say, fading away from the big three era type of basketball now. It's already fading away. It's, it's all about the top two players on each team. And most teams are realizing that the only way you're going to be able to build a roster and a, build a good bench that's going to last you through the playoffs is having two superstars right. on the team and not going after three superstars. Yeah, the method is two, two stars, maybe a superstar and a star, whatever combination of it, and the rest of it be young Good bench depth, stuff like that. You look at the Suns, you look at the Warriors. Look at the Heat, Miami, look at the Celtics. Right. Yeah, so that's the method now. Nuggets. Of, of the way building a team. And the Nets kind of were behind the curve when it came to trying to jump into 2016, 2017, that whole stretch where the big threes were still being prominent. Obviously, LeBron making him popular, but then the Warriors doing the same thing too, and other teams have tried it. And they were a bit behind the curve, and now they've gotten to so many extremes where if you can't keep these players happy, you're going to end up with a lot of problems and yes even if they do end up trying to trade Kyrie Irving for a star that Durant's gonna want though too will that last will that work out well you're gambling on another unknown with these top players and have no bench depth and no draft picks if to compensate were, for the rest if you were an organization right now in the NBA would you trade for Kyrie Irving honestly if you were a team out there 30 different teams right now that are open maybe to add a big-time point guard. And Kyrie Irving is one of the top three, top four best point guards in the NBA. And nobody can argue that. The talent is there. Would you want to take a big-mouth guy that has nothing good to say about your organization, especially he has been a coach killer everywhere he's gone? Right. Honestly, would you want this guy on your team? And the answer would be no. And I wouldn't trade him for anybody right now. i trade him for a bag of bones. That's about it. He's not worth the money that he's saying that he wants. And I'm telling you right now, there is no way in hell the Brooklyn Nets are giving him 240 some million dollars. They offered him 176 right. uh, last offseason, and they decided to drop out of that contract talk because of the whole COVID situation. And this man does whatever he wants. He didn't want to get the vaccination. Nobody forced him. Nobody should force anybody to get the vaccination. But then again, he didn't play any home games until really at the end of the season. He cost the Nets an opportunity to be a higher seed. So if I was the Brooklyn Nets right now, and I'm sitting back and saying, huh, what are we going to do with Kevin Durant? Huh, what are we going to do with Kyrie Irving? Knowing what you did with James Harden, you need to rebuild. This team is not a championship competitive team. This team can't beat Milwaukee in seven games right now. This team can't beat the Celtics in seven games right now. This team can't beat the Miami Heat in seven games right now. And this is just the Eastern Conference. Mm -hmm. Heck, they can't beat the Philadelphia 76ers right now. Uh, John says, Nevada judge ruled in favor of former Raiders head coach John Gruden on two motions Wednesday, opening the possibility of a jury trial on his torturous interference claim that the NFL and Roger Goodell selectively leaked Gruden's emails to for force his removal. Uh, sucks as about themselves. Sucks. The Wefts hate the Cowboy the Rangers and the Cowboys. Thought everyone knew that. Mm -hmm. uh, John says Oilers are the biggest dark horse that no one is talking about. Interesting. The nope. Emmett Oilers. You yeah. About? yeah, yeah, it could be. Yeah, uh, no. They can Snug get out of that Calgary like, series. Snug, no, he's not going to the Sacramento Kings. Here's but... the problem. Here's the problem with the Edmonton Oilers. They don't have a goalie. A goalie that gives up yeah. a whole full ice goal <laughs> yeah. at the end almost cost them the game. 
I, I don't know if I trust Smith as my goaltender all the way through to the Stanley Cup Finals. Right. Even, I, if, even if they get to the Western Conference Finals against the Avalanche or St. Louis, I don't see them beating them. Yeah, and I, I've praised Mike Smith for a while as being one of the more underrated playoff goalies as well. They didn't make it a lot with the Coyotes, but always played well and stood on his head a lot. But he's definitely had his duds since he's come over to the Oilers. Uh, Stuck says, Blues were gritty last night. Uh, yes, Jeff, we know there's another Trevor Story home run. Stuck says he's a bum, just like Marcus Smart in reference to Story. Guaranteed he makes everything to a Jets or Yankees discussion. We were talking about basketball, but no. okay. Uh, yeah, we'll get to the Celtics, Stug. Our Rangers fans, the new Cowboys fans. I mean, Speedy is a good dude, so I don't know how he's a Rangers fan. Again, Snug, my team affiliations have nothing to do with the beef. Uh, Jeff says, hi, Stick. Okay, we're going to go back to the availability thing. Uh, John says, how many games has Kyrie played versus KD? Uh, Ky- Kyrie played all the away games, or most of the away games. So they're probably about even. We were looking at it with Durant. He played 55 games last season. So Kyrie was probably in the, in the 30. Games. Yeah, it was yeah. probably 40, I 50 I think he range. played 50 games. Yeah, there's 41 road games. And I, I, I'm sure he played in all but maybe two of them. And then he played in 12 home games. So, yeah, probably about 50 games. Uh Jeff says no one off better off going to the Knicks. Snug says El Mayo no. No, Kyrie played twenty nine games last year. Oh wow. Okay, I didn't think it was that small. So twenty nine games. He missed a lot of road games then, so wow. Yeah, twenty nine games. Uh, no one is better off going to the Knicks than a team that didn't make the playoffs. Uh, John says Nets now have an active roster cap of more than one hundred sixty three million dollars and a practical <laughs> cap space of negative fifty three point two million. Yes, that's exactly what we're laughing at. And they have no draft picks and no depth. They trusted the old old guy LeBron process. And it Let me ask work. you a question: Why are they bringing up the Knicks? All I all I brought up with the Knicks is they're not the laughing stock of New York right now. Yeah. It's the Brooklyn Nets. Right. They're hiding right now, and that's a great sign for the Knicks because over the years, the Knicks have always been the center of attention when it comes to New York basketball. It is not the Knicks anymore. It's the Brooklyn Nets. Right. So sitting here right now, all the things that we've heard about the Knicks is that they're going to go heavily after Donovan Mitchell, even though he's not too fond of the Knicks uh, owner. And they're going to have to, they're going to go after Brunson when he becomes a free agent in the offseason because they're looking for a star point guard to run this offense. So I don't know why anybody is bringing up the Knicks. This has nothing to do with the Knicks. We are talking about the Brooklyn damn Nets. And there's teams that go to these levels of extremes that end up having these overpaid guys, and they get out of them a lot better than the Nets have gotten out of them so Kyrie's far. Kyrie's not going to the Knicks. The Knicks aren't interested in Kyrie. They don't want to cancer there. I could see Kyrie going out to out west, and the only team and the only player that can control right. a guy like Kyrie Irvin is probably the biggest personality in the NBA, and that's LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And I could see that happening. It makes a makes lot sense. of sense. Mm-hmm. That Kyrie goes to L.A. and plays with LeBron. They've been successful uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, and over there, they have players that you can trade for that will uh, you know, be worth a guy like Kyrie Irving. I, I mean, Anthony Davis and, and obviously LeBron James, even though they've won a championship together in a short season, it just hasn't worked out with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Anthony Davis can't stay healthy. So why not trade Kyrie Irving for Anthony Davis? I could see the Lakers doing that. I think the Nets are going to have to throw in another piece, maybe a first-round draft pick. But... Uh, I, I could see that happening. Your 2029 first round pick, whatever their next year is. That'd be pretty funny. I'm just saying. No, I know. Um, Jeff says Durant, the second best forward to Boston, the team with Tatum, the best forward. Um, well, that's where you have it wrong, but whatever. Uh, Snug says KD needs to just suck it up and go back to play Steph Curry and learn the shimmy. 
Uh, Nithin says we got to cover the blue claws. Congratulations. I'd like to see Kyrie go to the Knicks, trade KD to the Sixers for James Harden. Uh, John says, I could see Kyrie fitting in with the Clippers or the Pelicans. The Pelicans, they got some pieces that they can trade away. Yeah, they do. Williamson uh, being one of them. They don't want him there. I could see Kyrie uh, being a swap for Williamson or maybe one of McCollum. Maybe yes. somebody like that. Yeah, the only, the only problem with that, John, is we've seen – Kyrie Irving with young players not work out very well. You look at his stint with the Celtics in particular with that. He was there for two years, and they played better, especially in the playoffs when he was hurt. And I don't know if the Pelicans are guaranteed to be the same kind of thing, but the effect that he has on those players, same thing with the Nets too. Why do they have to trade all these young players away in order to get James Harden? It's because he didn't like playing with them. He was alone for his first year of his career when Durant. But it's the Wafferee. When he was his first year with the Nets when Durant was hurt and didn't do very well collectively with those young players. Yeah, they still had a solid team. They had they made the playoffs as a low seed, but it was one of those things where Kyrie Irving with his wacky personality and whatever's going on in his head, it didn't really bode well with Joe Harris and Shamet and like the young players you were mentioning too. And the Pelicans have that same kind of thing right now. And McCollum, too. Is he going to want that kind of thing if he's going to be controlling that? Because he's now the star of that team. And was he going to want somebody like Kyrie Irving is another question. No, McCollum would be part of that trade. I mean, obviously, you can't keep two guards like that. McCollum is the point guard of that team. He is running that offense now. He's going to be that guy. He's the center of attention to that offense. Uh, Kevin Durant would probably want a guy like C.J. McCollum and maybe another piece from that Pelican team uh, to make an even swap. But would you want to trade for a guy like Obviously, Kyrie Irving. I don't know if I would if I was the Pelicans. And the Clippers? Why would the Clippers want Kyrie Irving there? I guess maybe they're banking on the fact that if Kawhi Leonard comes back and to keep he him happy yeah, yeah, for, for next season. Because the, the Clippers were a lot like the, the old Nets where they overperformed with young players, a mostly young team this year. Because Paul George was out for a long time, too. I think he only played like 20 games as well. And they made this play in bubble. They had all those I don't know if they have wins. the money. And who are they going to trade over there with the Clippers to get somebody like Kyrie Irving there? They're going to have to trade either Paul George or Kawhi Leonard Yeah, to it, get him. It, I guess it would it's depend. the top ten players in a league. I guess it would depend on the relationships of these players, like I've been saying before. You never know with NBA players who's going to want to play with who and vice versa. Now, those are their only two max contracts. So they traded most of their other veterans away and all the big men they brought in over the years. So the rest of that team is pretty young. I mean, Reggie Jackson might have a max contract. I don't remember, but that's really the only other veteran guy on that team. So, where does uh, John Wall go uh, from here? John sucks. It's <laughs> just probably bad contract swap at this point because he hasn't played in forever, and he hasn't played for a year and a half. And yeah. I, I, I think that I, I think position put him in position to succeed. And I, there are teams that he fits where he could go as starts off the season as a backup and maybe earns his way on, on in, a, in a starting lineup. Now. Uh, there are quite a few teams that would be interested in a guy like John Wall. Uh, the Lakers being one of them. Lakers need a point guard. Russell Westbrook, uh, they're looking to trade. Maybe they trade with Houston on even swap, but why would Houston trade back for Russell Will- Russell right. Westbrook? Yeah, And you're not going to get I a lot want. of draft picks from the Lakers either. So yeah. you want so, a team that you want to be able to get something back. Either Dallas would be a nice team if they lose Jalen Bronson. Possibly, yeah. Uh, he might be a good fit over there. Uh, yeah, to come off the bench or, duties, yeah. or start this season as a, as a guy that could earn his way on that in that lineup. Um, the uh, well, I would say the Bulls, but the Bulls have 
Uh, obviously, yeah, they already the have walls. all the max contracts. I mean, unless they lose Not the, the walls. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Lonzo Mello, Ball, yeah. the balls. Yeah, that's what I mean. yeah. It, I mean, they have all the max contracts already spent from last off season too. So unless Levine, unless they do, do move something, move Levine in the off season, or he ends up leaving, maybe that's Miami. The case, but, maybe. Uh, let me think, because hey, John have, Wall to Miami? Because no, because they already have they already have Lowry, Adebayo, is and it, Butler. Is all it Lowry a free agent? He only signed a one year deal, didn't he? I thought he signed a three year deal. I don't know. But I don't, I, I don't know if they wanted that type of player again. I think I think Miami would be a, an ideal spot where they could ease him in off the bench if they do end up doing that. But I don't know if they have the money to make that kind of thing work because of because of those other contracts. Again, the Bulls and the Heat are both perfect if, if this was last off season. I just don't know right now if they're going to be able to make that kind of thing work. And you're gambling on somebody that again hasn't played in a year and a half. Really, is more of an attacking point guard. So how much speed has he lost is another question. Kyle Lowry's contract three. Years eighty five million. Okay, yeah. So I think they're just going to roll with that, just because he knows the system a little better. Yes, he had any injury problems this year, and last game he was horrible in the playoffs. So, so, but I still I don't know if they would take that kind of thing. Uh, says John Wall for Bradley Beal. It's a lot of money for Kyle Lowry. You can't stay healthy. No, I know. No, it's 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 looking like more and more a bad contract, but it's only one game into it. Uh, Carolina just scores. Oh boy. I think this game is pretty much over, um, and they'll be going back to Madison Square Madison Square Garden up five, uh, well, four, three games to two, going into game number six. And it's the Wefuies, the national nightmare. The Rangers, well, the Rangers losing is quite a national nightmare. Oh, well, but... for you, not for me. <laughs> and speaking, speaking of uh, mocking people for blaming the Wefuies, we have Jeff on the phone. Jeff, what's going on, man? Gentlemen, our national nightmare is almost over. <laughs> well, well, they, they what, still got to go to Madison Square Garden and win. <laughs> what a debacle this has been. How are the Rangers this close? Thank uh, God for Svechnikov here. Huh? Uh, Stuffing it. You right sure it wasn't the Wefflewees? Oh, it's the Wefflewees. Oh. <laughs> that, that kid bitching. Everything is the referee's fault, that little whiny bitch. <laughs> You're so mean, man. But oh, uh, I mean. Yeah, cause, name cause one time we've talked about that, this. That, name one time, just one time, that any of his teams have lost where he didn't blame the refs. Name one. I can't. We've said this already. I, I said it off right. air. I, I can't remember a game or obviously uh, uh, any time of a season or a playoff game where his teams were there and he couldn't or found a way to blame somebody for it. The referees, the coach, the players stink or – he just says that uh, the Cowboys don't know what the hell they're doing, or the, the oh yeah, they don't know how to run a play with thirteen well, that's seconds. The only thing that he's ever been right about, they don't know what they're doing. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so they're the same ones who call the quarterback draw when you have no timeouts, and then had thirteen seconds to run down the field, and they couldn't do it. <laughs> but our national nightmare is almost over. Thank God, one more game. That's all I got to get through. I got to beat. Just... They got to beat him in Madison Square Garden, and they, uh... no, they don't. No, they don't. They can lose there and come back to Carolina and win then. If they go Game Seven, I th- I say the Rangers. Rangers win Game Seven. I, I just, there's oh, no, no way, there is oh, no way the Rangers are going to go to a Game Seven and let this to Carolina team win. I, I just, I, I'm telling you right now, they have to beat him in Madison Square Garden. They do not want to go to a Game Seven where the pressure is on them to win, and and the Rangers have no pressure. Everything is all pressured on this Carolina hur- Hurricane team to win. Because if they don't win this year, when are they going to win? Because oh, no, they're not gonna, they're not gonna win. They're, they're definitely not gonna win. I'm Carolina, just saying Carolina, that they're uh, expected Colorado's to go to the, the 
they're expected to go to the Eastern Conference Championship for the first time of this, uh, you know, not the first time they've ever gone, but the, for the first time in almost, what, 10 years? Well, they did three years ago three years against ago. the Bruins. Yeah. When, when did they win the Stanley Cup? Right. Oh, five. And what, okay. and what happened? When yes, the Bruins swept them. I know. No, that was, the funniest, right. that was the funniest sequence of event playoffs ever. The Islanders sweep the Penguins, then got swept by the Hurricanes, and then the Hurricanes oh, yeah, got swept funny. by the Bruins. That's funny. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> four, funny. Four, four sweeps in a row, by, or three sweeps in a row, just to get swept by the two of the same teams. That's pretty funny, yeah, actually. Real funny. Anyways, uh, to finish up with some basketball, and we'll get into the NBA playoffs as well. Uh, LeBron James wants Doc Rivers as his next head coach. I don't know how this possibly could happen, okay? Now, I understand LeBron James runs the Lakers. I understand he runs the NBA. He runs Adam Silver. He might as well be the commissioner of basketball. Really, he should be, okay? Because anything LeBron James wants, he gets. But this doesn't likely mean it's going to happen. I can't see it happening. And what do the Lakers have to give to land somebody like Doc Rivers? And is the 76ers willing to give up their coach after a successful season? And this was a successful season for the 76ers, especially adding James Harden for no reason whatsoever, but they traded him for Ben Simmons, who absolutely is a debacle. But nevertheless... That, that trade was a win for them. Oh, uh, no, I said that it was a win for him because they got James Harden. At least he played in the playoffs, and, and Ben Simmons couldn't even step on a court. <laughs> so it was an absolute win for him. So why would they get rid of a coach where his – what was this, his first, second year? His second year. His yeah. second year where they've gone to the second round, and they have a chance next year to be a contender. What are you going to say? You have, you have to tip your cap to James Harden, though, a little bit, right, with, with his tribute to Ben Simmons. What a tribute that was. I thought it was uh, – Absolutely beautiful tribute to miss every jump shot in a game seven as a you know tip of the cap to Ben Simmons because he couldn't shoot either. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know about those two players. They're horrible in the playoffs. It's it's amazing how great of nine a player. Po- nine points in a game seven. Nine by a max contract player. Beautiful tribute. Yeah, he became the third option. He became the third option for the Sixers. So it's the unbelievable how what 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 a. James Harden turns out to be when he gets into the playoffs. I mean, this guy is a non-stoppable. Yeah, he's a non-stoppable, uh, non-stoppable offensive player in the regular season. And then when he gets into the playoffs, he he can't hit a lick. He can't hit a jump shot. He can't hit a three-point shot. He can't shoot a perimeter shot, 17, 18-foot jumper. I mean, this guy completely fig- forgot how to play basketball when he gets into the playoffs. It's unbelievable. Ben Simmons never knew how to play basketball. At least this guy actually knows how to play and won an MVP. So, and was at one point for five years the best offensive player in the NBA. But really, you look at this, this story, and obviously it's just a story for LeBron James to spark rumors on why he doesn't belong with the Lakers anymore and why, if I was the Lakers, I would move on from LeBron James. Now, are the Lakers going to move on from LeBron James? Probably not. I, I, they, should. They, they should, but they probably aren't because – the Lakers are expected year in and year out to be contending to make the playoffs. And if they trade LeBron James, what do they think they're going to get back for him? Now, they could decide, you know what, let's rebuild through the draft. But this team is not a rebuilding team. I mean, this is a team full of veterans. Now, they have a couple of youngsters, but not guys that you could build your team around like the Golden State Warriors, like a pool or a Wiseman. They don't have those type of players. And they're not, uh, if you want to talk about 
I don't know, Miami in a Robinson or Tyler Hero situation where they have players you can build your team, your organization, or the Celtics, a Jalen Brown, or a, a Tatum type of player. They don't but have those guys. But you don't need to get that for LeBron, right? Like you. And listen, I'm just going to use one team as an example, but there's plenty of teams out there that have guys similar to this. So I'm just going to use it as don't take it as this is the trade I'm proposing, okay? Don't do that. But if the but if the the Lakers traded uh, LeBron to the Heat, yes, I already know he's been there. It's just an example. Don't get carried away, Stevie, right? And they just got back like Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, and Duncan Robinson. That's what the Lakers need. They just need role play, role playing shooters around Russell Westbrook, who's ball dominant, and Anthony Davis. They just need role players that can shoot. They don't need another max contract guy or ball dominant dude. And you can get that for LeBron at this point. You could trade him to Boston and get Peyton Pritchard, Neesmith, and Grant Williams. You could get more than that for LeBron James. I mean, LeBron James is... But all I'm saying is that's all you need. You don't need another max contract guy. All you need is two, two, three, four players because outside of the three guys they got, LeBron, AD, and Westbrook, there is no one else there that can play basketball. There's no one on that team that can play basketball. So fill out the team with decent shooters and guys that can play, and that's all you need to do. John John asks, who picks up Zach Levine if the Bulls let him go? We were saying the Mavericks off air a couple days ago. I think ago. he'd be a perfect fit for the Mavericks. I, I really do. Playing with Luka Doncic, I mean, you, you have that other offensive player that you've been dreading in this series against a, a, um, a Golden State Warriors team that's been out shooting you in the perimeter. You get a great perimeter shooter, a guy that can absolutely take over offensively when you're not you're not playing or you're on the bench resting. I mean, Brunson's played well throughout this playoffs, but he's not that second option. He's more like a third option on another team. Um, they need a Zach Levine. I think he'd fit perfectly over there in Dallas. The Lakers are the team that he really wants to play for. He grew up a Laker fan. He grew up a Kobe Bryant fan. So I wouldn't be surprised if he'll sit down with the Lakers and talk. But what are the Lakers willing to get? First of all, they're going to have to trade Russell Westbrook. They're going to have to trade somebody, yeah. And maybe Anthony Davis, or maybe they keep Anthony Davis, or they trade LeBron. They're going to have to figure out how they're going to maneuver some of these contracts to bring trading, in a Zach trading Levine. LeBron. Trading LeBron should be the move. He's the oldest. And he's also going to start holding whatever franchise he's on hostage. So they draft his kid this, this summer or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, or next summer. So and he's getting old. He's not what he used to be. Can he still play? Sure. But it's time to get younger and, and get deeper. Like, look at the teams. Look at the teams that are that are still playing. Okay? Outside of Dallas, the Celtics are, are deep. They have a bench. The Heat are deep. They have a bench. The, the Warriors, and I know Errol's going to hate this, they're pretty deep. They have a bench. They have guys that can come and play. The Lakers have three dudes and 12 more speedy peas. That's it. They got a bunch That's of old players. Got. Carmelo Anthony needs to go, maybe retires at the end of the season. Right, bums. They have bums. They have absolute bums. They they, they need, they need they to rebuild. They need, they, right, but you can do that just by getting rid of LeBron. Just go and get shooters. Go get Max Struess, Gabe Vincent. And, you know, and Duncan Robinson from, like, the Heat. Or you can trade them to Milwaukee and get Grayson Allen and, you know, a bunch of Pat Connaughton and a bunch now, of those guys. How about this? Oh, yeah. How about this? How about Utah? You you reach out to Utah. Now, obviously, Dwayne Wade's one of the owners over there. Him and LeBron are very close. You trade him to 
Utah, LeBron to Utah for a guy like Donovan Mitchell and maybe another piece. Uh, LeBron goes to a team that can absolutely succeed and win over there and has players around him like Conlin and all those other guys. And it's um, not help. But, doesn't help them. But it helps the Lakers. You bring in Donovan Mitchell over there, and it doesn't help because it's just a, it's, it would just be a repeat. Only Donovan Mitchell instead of LeBron, or you'd have a team that's only three players because Donovan Mitchell's going to get a max contract, and they would. Have he already has one. He's already under contract. Right, but they would. Right, but they would still have nobody else there. Nobody else. It would be the same thing. I don't know if Donovan wants to be traded there. So they need to shed the contract and get more players, more shooters, be a deeper team. It makes a lot of sense, and I, I could see this happen. Even though a lot of people, a lot of Knicks fans are hoping that Donovan Mitchell goes to the Knicks, I have a feeling that Pat Riley's going to pull something off. Uh, they fall short. No one's going to the Knicks. They, they fall short. They'll fall no short. No one's going to the Knicks. The they'll... Knicks are bums. They never get – every year, everyone's going to the Knicks, and every year they end up with nothing. They'll the fall short. The they've signed in the last decade has been Derek Rose. They'll fall short on Donovan Mitchell. He'll go to Miami and he'll win over there in Miami with Jimmy Butler. That's what that that's what could happen. Now he won't win in Miami because they'd have to play the Celtics. We all know that. Uh, <laughs> if he goes over there with Jimmy Butler and that team that they have right now, I'm sorry. Uh, it, I know Jimmy Butler's been so great. In I didn't series. say that, but you put him with uh, Donovan Mitchell. That's a pretty good dominant team right there. Why? So they can both miss uh, open jump shots. Could you stop, Jeff? You 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 got to be kidding me. If you don't think Donovan Mitchell would fit like a glove over there, you I don't know what the hell you're watching. Right, and then the problem is they had another max contract and they'd have to shed more guys off their bench. Well, they'd have to trade somebody anyway to make the money. And he's work. already on the contract, and his contract is not that max. I mean, what is he making, 163? Uh, I think he, yeah, he was in the years. first wave. Yeah, he's got three years left on his contract. You have a pretty good control uh, on that contract. I, I think that's a pretty good contract to, to hold on to with Donovan Mitchell. So I, I think... He, I think it fits. Yeah, I think five years, one sixty three, which is the which is the He's max. Got three con- years left. On yeah, that. which is the max contract for the uh, first team, a uh, first All NBA right. reference. It's the same thing. John Morant's eligible for this off season too. But- and with the contracts going up and uh, the money going up in the CBA, I think that's an absolute glove affordable contract for Miami or the Knicks if somehow the Knicks get him. Yeah. So it, it no makes a lot of Again, no I'm just bringing the up the first of all you say nobody's going to Knicks. The only two or three teams he mentioned was the Knicks being the number one prospect team that he wants to go to. So no don't say going nobody's to going to the Knicks. That's okay, in the last 20 years who has chosen the Knicks? Uh, Carmelo Lamar, Anthony? Lamar, Carmelo Lamar Anthony? Scott. They already had him. Car- they already had him. Carmelo Anthony. They traded for him. They already had him. Okay, and what do you think the Knicks have to do with Donovan Mitchell? And then, and then, and then, what do you think the Knicks have to do with Donovan Mitchell? What do you think the Knicks got to do with Donovan Mitchell? No one else there. You're, you're not listening to, to me. You're, you're taking words win. out of my mouth now. The Knicks don't win. Yeah, well, well, good for you. You're, you know, you, you are a national nightmare. How's that? How's that? You're worse than the Wefawees. You're worse than the Wefawees. The great Amari Stoudemire is the best they have gotten. Okay, whatever you say. Unbelievable Amari. Oh, and and Derek Rose with missing knees. All right, let's uh, let's finish up. All right, game's over. National nightmare is almost over. Let's finish. Let's finish up with the NBA playoffs. And listen, and I, I we will talk about the the national stuff that has happened throughout the country. I absolutely respect Steve Kerr even more for what he has said about the politicians out there, the senators not doing what they're supposed to do to protect these schools, protect these kids from all these crazy, nightmaric things that have happened all around the country. 
And, and to go into a basketball game before the basketball speaking out and saying his piece and really standing up for what he believes, I, I give nothing but my utmost respect for a guy like Steve Kerr, a guy that I, I, I believe is a very out, outspoken uh, you know coach and, and a, a, obviously I would say celebrity or whatever the hell you want to call him, okay? But, you know, to go into a basketball game after all that stuff that happened and, and then speaking up the way he did – Nothing but my utmost respect for him. Now, obviously losing um, a game, uh, game number four, where it kept Dallas alive and now going into tonight's game, Dallas has a chance to take this back to Golden State. Now, does that mean they're going to win this series? It would be an absolute miracle if Dallas comes back from a 3-0 deficit and wins this series. I I would be shocked because the last team to do that in professional sports is the Boston Red Sox. Okay, so we haven't seen... We haven't seen a team. We haven't seen a team come back from a three zero deficit like this in a very long time. So y- it's y- never happened in the NBA either. It happened twice in the NHL that I can remember. The Flyers did it against the Bruins, and then the Kings did it against the Sharks. But that was all I can remember. I think there was one other time. And baseball, like you were saying, I think Red Sox are the only one. The Flyers one doesn't count. It was the referees. <laughs> no, it's the Wefflewees. The Wefflewees, exactly. But I, I mean, if you if you look at uh, this situation with Golden State, I expect Golden State to come out strong tonight and give them all that they have. And uh, we'll see if their stars beat out the one star that has been dominant throughout the players and pl- playoffs and really has been the best offensive option throughout the playoffs in the whole NBA playoffs in Luka Doncic. Now, he hasn't had a good series. Wiggins has defended him very, very well. I've been very impressed with his defense. All the people that said that Wiggins isn't a star in this league, I don't know what the hell you're watching. He was a top pick. He was the number one pick, I would say, about five, six, seven years ago. He was traded for, obviously, one of the worst trades in NBA history, Kevin Love. And uh, obviously it helped the Cavaliers win a championship. But nevertheless, I mean. They would have won with Wiggins. So. Andrew Wiggins is a special defensive player. He really is. And he, he's got offense. He has an offensive game, too. So um, very impressed with Andrew Wiggins. Uh, Jordan Poole has been fantastic in this series. I mean, they've gotten, you know, offense off the bench just as much as they've had offense from Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green. It's, it's been fantastic to watch, even though I can't stand the Golden State Warriors. Oh, we know. <laughs> I don't want to see them win. Uh, I hope Dallas wins tonight, but more than likely, this is the end and the reign of Luka Doncic for this year. I expect Dallas to go heavily uh, after another superstar to play with Luka in the offseason. Uh, they better if they want to compete against one of these top Western Conference teams like Phoenix will be good again next year. And obviously the Golden State Warriors that look like they're set up very well when Wiseman comes back in the offseason. Snuck says, if you if you combine the Bulls and the Heat, would you have the beat? If the Beef gets a parking ticket, the Wef Wees did it. Uh, Carl says five hole. Yes, it was. Uh, says LeBron James was just named the Lakers GM as well as the assistant commissioner of the NBA. At least Ben Simmons can play defense. LeBron James for Kyrie swap. Yeah, that wouldn't happen. The Lakers need bulk talent, three or four players that are respectable, better than the trash that they currently have. The greatness in green. Go Celtics. Everyone (laughs) everyone wants to go to the Knicks, and it never happens. Jeff is not a nightmare. He is a fine gentleman who has the best sports knowledge of anyone I know. Mm. Constantine got it done. Go Sox. And Golden State is up by 10 midway through the second quarter. (laughs) What are you saying, Jeff? Of the cap to whoever said go socks and oh yeah that's your that's your, your that's, that's the fine gentleman that's your boyfriend that's your boyfriend that's the fine gentleman over there in Sacramento that wants uh, to get on his hands and knees and and give you a nice little smurf 
There you go. Smurf. Just because I, I respect Snug's intelligence doesn't. Matter. I don't know about intelligence. Uh, more like, oh, very, very uh, you know, uh, he has a, uh, a form of retardation, okay? So, and a master baker, I mean. Uh, a master baker. That's about it. <laughs> no, uh, uh, so now he fishes. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> so maybe he fishes for Smurfs. And maybe he masturbates for Smurfs. Oh, uh-huh. God. And now you take it to another weird extreme that does not need to happen, even though Snug probably enjoys it. <laughs> And and let's finish up with the Celtics. By the way, uh, John Anderson will be coming on at 10.15, not 10 o'clock. Okay, that's fine. Um, Here's what I'm going to say about the Celtics. I think the the Celtics right now are fighting a tremendous amount of injuries just as much as Miami. Miami has been fighting more injuries in this series. Now, does that give them... Uh, give any kind of reason to make excuses on why the Celtics are up 3-2? to two. No. I think the Celtics are the better defensive team in this series. Uh, they're getting, obviously, good rebounding, good inside game from w- the Williams uh, kid. And, and, and really, uh, Al Horford has been, you know, the games that he has played in this series has been fantastic. He really has been. So, um, and, and Jalen Brown, obviously, and Tatum. I think Jalen Brown was the better player yesterday. I really think that he played... Dominant defensively, and in the se- in the second half, Jalen Brown, especially in the fourth quarter, took over that game and completely shut down Miami. So, in a deep three. In a deep three. Um, I think when you look at the Celtics right now, they're building tremendous amount of confidence, and and if they can knock off Miami, I think even though I can't stand the Celtics, I'm going to be rooting for the Celtics if they have to play Golden State. Who would have thought that? I, I Two know. teams that I can't stand more than anything when it comes to basketball: the Celtics, aka Mikey C. And the Golden State Warriors, two teams I can't stand. I'm going to be rooting for the one in green. Who would have thought that? Oh, you can't root for Vinny Rubo. Huh? <laughs> well, that's a whole nother story. He's rooting for but Golden I told State. You, I told of course you, he is. The whole, the, the whole key to the Red Sox is Rob Williams, man. When they have him in there. Not the Red Sox. You, you mean the Celtics. Did you see how many blocks Rob Williams had last night? And by the way, not block, even blocks at the rim. Dude, he was running from the lane all the way out to the three-point line and blocking shots last night. How impressive was that? Well, he's got he's got some of the best speed for a big man, for <laughs> sure, and he's showing it. Yeah, and he's the key to the, the Celtics. If he plays, the Celtics are so much better because they have a tremendous defensive presence to go with. And by the way, he was second team all defense. Just so you and know, everybody. just so you know, Snug, I have a Jason Tatum jersey, but it's a Duke Jason Tatum jersey. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, you never buy a Celtics and, jersey. And, and I do love Jason Tatum, even though I He's can't stand fan. the Celtics. He's an OG fan. I, I, no, I like Jason Tatum. I've always liked Jason Tatum. I, I'm, I'm a Duke fan. I've, I root on all my Duke players that come into the NBA, even though half of them don't even turn out to be anything. I'm a Grand Hill fan. I, I, I was rooting on Kyrie Irving until the stupid things that come out of his mouth. And, uh, yes, oh, I my. absolutely – Absolutely from, love Jason Tatum. Love him. from behind in that count to get a leadoff walk in the end. Good for you, Trevor Story. Oh, here we go again All with right. Trevor Story. He's Trevor Story doing two. it for the Celtics. Oh, God. Two, two for two with a walk tonight now so far. He's coming on. Yeah, he's coming on all right. And then the Yankees and just keep on winning. And a home run. And Jeff, Jeff are you going to thank, are you gonna thank uh, his, his decision to wear a Marcus Smart jersey before one of those games? Is that uh, what did it? You, he did, though. He did when they went on the road trip. He put on a Marcus Smart jersey when he left for the road trip. He wanted to send you the picture. Uh, no, I saw the picture on Twitter. I, I didn't know which yeah. game it was, but he was wearing a Marcus oh, Smart jersey. All of a sudden, right, he's on a hot streak. Trevor Story stealing a base. There you go. Dude, what is, this love fest? Story, what is this love Adam fest? Adam what is this love fest for Trevor Story? 
like, it's like not, it, it's, it is. It's it, a love fest. It's because you said he was no good. I did not say that. Speedy, did I ever Speedy? say he was no you good? You said overpaid. I said he was overpaid. I didn't say he was no and, good. And, and he wasn't as good as Donaldson. The Donaldson signed. I, I, hold on one second. I said that the contracts are practically the same, and they're both playing the same. I mean, if you look at the numbers, they're almost identical, okay? They, they are not. Yes, oh, they are. a story. Score on a run right here. There's oh, a run. Yeah, yeah. good luck. Good luck. Yeah, go. Great, great, great. Wonderful. And by the way, the, and by the way, if you want to do the whole numbers thing, let's do the whole numbers Go ahead. Thing. Bring it up. Because, but, only, but here's what I want to do Bring it up. Now. I want to use... No, don't logic. make up any excuses now, Jeff. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No excuses. I want to use your logic that you had with the Guerrero-Otani debate. Oh. More is more. If it's one, it's more. Oh, God. Have a store and leave. No, that's, that's, no that's not true. <laughs> Baseball's oh, different, mean, buddy. It's different. What are you talking about? It's that's, different. That, it's, it's still all baseball. It's different. What are you talking about? What, it's baseball to baseball. I said Otani and Guerrero. How is that not baseball? What I'm talking about is when you look at baseball and you look at numbers, if they're close together, you can't say one's better than the other. More RBIs, more home runs. I'm talking about they're almost identical. When you look at the numbers, and we've looked at the numbers. What, because he has more home runs? And you want you no, and RBIs, and hits, and stolen bases. He's had more at-bats. What's the best ability? Oh, God. Could you stop (laughs) with this? The best ability is availability. Stop with your crap. Jeff, it sounds stupid. and here's the other thing. He costs less money than Donaldson. By $2 million. Hey, again. By $2 million. We've and, talked about this today. And, and I'm not so going to get guy, into this conversation. Guy, so it's your stupid. Your guy has worse numbers. With getting not by money. much. And please, the Yankees are 32-13 and 13 to the Red Sox. I don't know. I mean, 19? I mean, They're two games under 500 or something. <laughs> And even if you're comparing it to the money thing, you're getting a better value. It's you know what's so funny? Last year when the numbers. Yankees weren't even, they, they were playing like crap. They were, oh, look at the Red Sox. Oh, my God. They weren't even supposed to be. Now the Yankees are 32 and 13. They have by far the best team in baseball. By far. By... Nesta Cortez was terrific again. Uh, yes, he was. Absolutely fantastic. And, and the Yankees found themselves a gem. I'll tell you that right now. A left-handed gem who's played fantastic throughout the season. If he continues this, he's he right now. If the season were to end, he's a Cy Young winner. He he's been dominating the American are League. We, uh, I know it's really not so early. Conversations a so month early. into the season. I'm sorry. Are we really having these conversations a month into the season? No, I'm saying that if the season, the that's season? not what I'm saying. I'm saying uh, that uh, you're going into a month. He's four and one with a 1.7 OERA and an under one well, whip. Okay. Well, you know what? When was the last Yankee last... to do that in the first month? Right, but Tell me who it was. Probably Herman's dominant start, too. No, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, he wasn't even no, that good? No. Tell me the last this... Yankee to do that in his first month of baseball. If, if the season were only this last two weeks. Trevor I could Jordan, tell you who it was. It was, an ex, it was an ex-Red Sox. That what? That had a one, had an under one ERA and under zero, under one whip in his first month of baseball. Who was the last Yankee to do that? Clemens. Roger Clemens. Mm. That was the last Yan- Yankee to do it. Okay, and he won the Mr. Cy Young Mr. that year. Mr. Steroids himself needed the aid of a doctor to get that one done. Mr. Steroids himself. He was a Red Sox. He was looked at as a Red Sox. So good luck. Steroid use over there. Give me a break. Shut up, Jeff. You're so stupid. You sound Andy dumb. Pettit, Roger Clemens. Good. Jason Do you want to? You want to? How about David Ortiz, 
Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let, let, let's go up and down the rosters of the, the Red Sox. Hey, you that can always say one or two guys it was systematic with. Oh, systematic. Get out of here. We don't even. Pedro Martinez was definitely doing steroids. Get out of here. Can you be that skinny and do steroids? I don't skinny? Skinny? The guy's head got like six, seven. Seven inches bigger every single year. What are you talking about? And you know, what if you know you anything about, about steroids, your head what gets are you bigger. Talking about? What do you mean? What am I talking that about? That never happened with him. Oh, no. Yes, it was. Yes, <laughs> it did. <laughs> we gotta. Maybe you we... look like a bobblehead on a skinny body. Yeah, we'll, we'll bring we'll bring we'll bring Ryan Spader back in to explain all the science of steroids again. And I can bet you, I bet you, Ryan Spader would tell you that he was on steroids. Yeah, he, he said that and he had zero home runs. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Pedro Martinez. Oh, yeah. You want to say David Ortiz and Manny Ramirez and probably Nomar Garcia Barring? You'd have a point. But casting dispersions on a guy like Pedro Martinez, who's never even been rumored to be on steroids. That's you would be that's out of your like, mind thinking that he that's wasn't. Not like the, that's not like the documented use. Do you want me to? Do you want me to send you pictures Rogers of what Rogers. he looked like when he played for the Expos, and then two years into right. his Red Sox career? Please let me show you what he looked like, because you, you're going to tell me that he gained like 20 pounds of muscle. Okay, just, please. Just drug use over there with the Yankees, just like they were using the video screen. Please, using Jeff. the video screen and cheating. Jeff, could you stop? We're not even talking baseball right now. We're sitting here on the Horrible fans that throw things. You know what, Jeff? To me, take your availability and shove it where the sun doesn't shine. Your national cherub over there. New Yorkers are just the worst people. That's why they. Oh, there it is again. New York's the worst. Well, it's only a matter of time. Okay, I will. I will admit to you that Ranger fans are crud, and I could say you about Yankee fans as well. But this I am a Yankee why, this fan. This is why the Met, This is why the Mets should be the team of New York. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Shut up. Could you please stop? Because I'm going to hang up the phone on you. I'm so tired it's of listening to you. An absolute yeah. organization of yeah. pride. Yeah. And and goodwill. The, the New York. Mets. Yeah. And you know I, what? You know what my pride is. Every single day is getting you on the phone and telling you to go sink to the bottom of the ocean. How's that sound? You know those are those are odd, like. Dumb things you say when you're like, oh, I hope you float to the bottom. I said sink. No, you float was the what the day. No, float I was what, sink. That was to impersonate the beef. Yeah, and I don't go in the ocean. I don't go where there's sharks and stuff. Like oh that. yeah, they're afraid they're going to eat you. You have too much meat on you. Dude, I, I don't. I don't like things touching me when I'm in the water. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually I don't swim in the ocean anymore either. Especially either. Yeah, I don't, you used I don't to like surf. Yes, I used to yeah. surf, and ever since my uh, shark uh, situation, I don't go in the ocean anymore either. I stay away from the ocean myself. I'm not a big um, shark fan. Not an ocean so. guy. I, I'm, I'm not afraid of alligators. I'm not afraid of crocodiles. But there's something that tells me when a shark comes under you and just pulls you under. I, I can't. You know, I, it's just a thought. I just can't deal with that. But I should, I should get the beam a surfboard for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you want a shark to eat him? I never said that. I, it, think, he should, I think that he could use yeah. uh, some mm-hmm. zen time. In yeah. nature, mm-hmm. being one with the ocean, and I think him, I'm sure him, that's why you're doing it. Yes, I'm sure the beef would do, would love Zen I'm time. Sure I'm sure he'd be the one to embrace that. That's right. He could be out on that board in the middle of the water, going, "It's the Wefoey." No, I fell. No, it wasn't my fault. I fell. <laughs> there were some unknown forces that were conspiring <laughs> against me. <laughs> it's the right, Wefoey. Right. Snug says, I like to stroke it's it to so sexy cupcake pics. Yes, I'm sure you do. So I can't wait to see Earl in studio in a Tatum jersey. Oh, no, it's got to be the green jersey. No, I don't know. If, uh, Earl would have to like lose like some like four bets for him you to wear You will that. never see me wear a Celtic jersey, ever. 
solid. Uh, Carl says, Grant Hill drinks Sprite. Snug says, Earl loved Story before he signed with the Sox and hoping he would, the Yanks would sign him. Who? Story. No, I didn't. I said that the Yankees were interested in him. I never yeah. loved. I said it was a possibility I because I never of loved Trevor Story. Never. I don't know what you're talking about, Snug. Terrific player. He's out there stealing bases. Oh, yeah, he's terrific. He's great. Yeah, yes. he's a great player. Mm-hmm. Sox says, don't oh worry, the God. injury bug is starting to make away. It's around the Yankees like a bad case of syphilis. And they're still winning. Figure that one out. New York and San Francisco was like the meccas of steroids. One more game that 20 games over 500, Snug. Wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> Snug says, oh, I kicked for a beef surfboard. Let's go start a GoFundMe and pay sure would participate. And Carl says, the East River. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> East River. That's pretty good. <laughs> Could you? I couldn't imagine the beef on a surfboard. Could anybody imagine that? Seriously. Oh, no. It'd be just a la- massive blooper reel. I, I, I don't know if he would have the balance. I, he can play basketball. I'll, I'll give the Beav a lot of credit. He can play. He's not bad. He's not a bad basketball player. But uh, he never wants to play me one-on-one. There's something about that. It's just I think uh, the fear of playing me. I can't play one-on-one right now because of my hip. But right. well, when I when I get a chance to get healthy again, I've always wanted to play him one-on-one. He just doesn't. So was Tony Rubo. Yeah, I was going to so say. Was well, well, what what, what was that the two-on-two match? That I was going to, I was going to broadcast for you guys. It was going to be me, you and Matty Caps against the Ruba two Rubos. and we would kick their ass. We would kick their ass. I, I guarantee. <laughs> I'd put any amount of money on that. We would kick their ass, but uh, it never happened because uh, those two guys are just little chicken. You know what? So, <laughs> Stark says the me. only thing I can imagine the beef doing is making coleslaw. Yep. Well, that's why he's the Sultan of coleslaw. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, obviously, we're in baseball, and, and we're, our special guest will be joining us at 10.15. Um, obviously, we're at the top of the hour right now. Uh, we will be talking to Rotoball Fantasy Baseball second DFS writer, John Anderson. He'll be joining us for the first time on this show, so I'm sure he's excited, and we are just uh, loving it. As uh, In his speaking. Roto world, you should ask him who he would take, Trevor Story or Josh Donaldson. He would take the Wefawese. That's what he would take. Well, uh, no, no, no. See, see, he's see the Wefawees. See, John works for for Roto Baller. So if the B were to pronounce it, it'd be Wodo Bowl. That poor kid, man. If he's listening to this show, it's the the Wefawees. The national nightmare is almost over. Oh my god! It really is. Can you just see him at home right now, just sad, sitting in the dark, wiping away tears? Uh, he's probably wiping his ass right now because he's probably drinking up a storm and probably ate enough wings where he's on the toilet right now. Right, Speedy? Oh, wings. Blue, blue cheese? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah it's, it, it's possible. But uh, the ser- serving the wings to the beef when he's blaming the referees, uh, that, might, that bar might want to think twice. I think it would be really, really funny. I'm sure it would. I think he's sitting on the toilet and he's like, damn referees! Damn you, your wife weave. <laughs> I mean, think, think about how sad that meal must be. Taking a buffalo wings to eat and tears rolling down his face as he cries. You're, you're so bad, man. Oh, also, one, don't, don't bring the wings into it. They're, they'll be great on most other, most other people. But also, yes, you don't want to shed tears in your food. Anyways, uh, to go back, we were talking about baseball. The Yankees injury bug is starting to really... Uh, built. Uh, Stan, Car- John Carlos Stan could be out for 10 to 12 days. He's on the DL list. And uh, Jonathan Lewisaga is now sitting out probably for at least two weeks. 
um, who I believe is the next closer for the New York Yankees. They lost Gill for the season, Tommy Johns. They lost uh, Chad Green for the season, Tommy Johns. So the injuries are starting to build. And also, Chapman's now heading to the IL. So uh, you, you look at the position that the Yankees are, yes, they're 32-13. and 13. If you're a Yankee fan, you're excited and you're very happy where they are. But as these injuries start to build... Where do the Yankees go? Now, losing John Carlos Stanton to only a, a small little bit of time, that doesn't hurt the Yankees because over the years, John, since he's come here, he's had significant amount of time. And, and remember, John Carlos Stanton have these little injuries and then they build onto big injuries. Right. So hopefully the Yankees are smart. Let him sit out for at least uh, you know, a couple of series. Let him get healthy and then bring him back in. You do not want to lose John Carlos Stanton for a significant amount of time because you don't know when Aaron Judge is going to get hurt because he has not stayed healthy. Last year he did, but back to back years, we haven't seen that since he's come into the league. Right. So that's going to be a huge problem. And 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 again, there's other players that the Yankees have that are probably going to fight injury throughout the season. Remember, it's still early in the season. It's only one one month in. There's only I think the Yankees are what thirty. 30 and 13, I believe. 40-something games into the season. They're not even in a quarter. I wouldn't even say they're a quarter into the season. Maybe 10 or 11 more games left before they're a quarter into the season. So uh, the the Yankees are playing great baseball. But if you're a Yankee fan right now, uh, is this alarming? Absolutely. Uh, they did bring in uh, – they are bringing back Shane Green. They, they re-signed Shane Green to a minor league contract. Uh, another ex-Yankee mm-hmm. that played very well in the bullpen. Uh, we'll see how quick he gets called up. Uh, I, I think the Yankees are going to start, you know, have to looking into the the waiver columns and and free agency, which is quite a few players that haven't played this year that are still sitting, you know, looking for jobs. So it's going to be very interesting where the Yankees are going to start to fall, especially as good as the rotation has pitched. I, I don't expect this rotation to continue doing what they have done, really, in the first year and a half. So if you're a Yankee fan. You should be excited about uh, Nestor, uh, Nasty Nestor. Mm-hmm. He's pitched very well. You should be excited for, obviously, Cole, who's pitched well for the last half a month. And, um, obviously, Luis Savarino's been good. Uh, Montgomery's been on, you know, back and forth, but he's been fairly good. And Talon, or Toulon, who, who's been very, very good as well. So, this rotation has been better than anybody expected, one of the best rotations in baseball. But could they hold up? Could this pitching staff hold up, especially when you look at this bullpen starting to fall apart? Yeah, the Yankees are going to have a tough tough go at it with managing the pitching. I think the hitting, they'll be fine. Stanton only out for a limited, limited amount of time, just a 10-day stint. Ankle inflammation, it, it's not a big deal for a player like him in comparison to somebody who has well, to Stanton, run a lot more. With you just more. don't know. Yeah. Now, the the good news with them is the Yankees have managed Stanton very well the last two years. So I'm a little more trustworthy in managing that in comparison to especially Chapman because he's a veteran guy. He's had his roadblocks of injuries in the past, too. And when he gets bad and it really has this bad spurts, it could be bad for a long time. And that's what he hit right before he ended up going on the I.L. too. Loisaga, it's his, I think, his second injury since he's come up to the majors. Yeah, you were saying it's a potential that he could get into a future closer role. Now, if he's out for a while, that could ruin that. But I don't think the Yankees should be worried about that as much because I don't I don't think the formalized closing position is necessarily the bigger deal with this bullpen as much as it is now the versatility of it. And 
Aaron Boone managing it to good situational baseball, a lot more depth, especially with the young pitchers. And the young pitchers are now going to get the, their chance to have the bigger roles. We were just saying a couple weeks ago, like Clark Schmidt had no reason to be sent down. The Yankees just had too much depth. Now he's pitching again, and he's pitched well to start this season as well. And other young pitchers are going to get those chances. And yes, Shane Green's a guy, too, that's had some good success elsewhere, too. Was mm-hmm. good in Detroit, good in Atlanta. That the Yankees he might be able to Dodgers rebirth. Last yeah, year, so. the Yankees might be able to rebirth again. Well, not rebirth. He'll, he'll come back here. He'll fit in that, uh, that bullpen. And you could put him in the sixth inning. You could right. put him in the fifth inning. It's going to take him a little while to get in shape. Uh, he hasn't played really all season long. Uh, so the Yankees bringing him back on a minor league contract. I mean, Shane Green's a good player. Remember, right. the Yankees traded him uh, to Detroit. Yeah. Uh, where, where the Yankees, for the last couple of years, have been trying to bring him back. So I, I think it's a good move by the, the Yankees. And it, whatever they can get out of him would be a, a perfect position for them to move forward with where this team is going to go and where this team believes they're going to go in go, going throughout this 162-game-long season. So. Yeah, they just need the depth to try to make that thing work. And what I was saying last week when we were talking about the Mets injuries is we've seen the Yankees manage them well in the past. Yes. And that's why you could definitely trust it, especially with Stanton managing that because they've already done well limiting him to the DH already. Now they're going to need other hitters to step up in that role. And they just reinstated Joey Gallo. He came yep. off the uh, the COVID IL or whatever it was. Donaldson, I think, was he needs to start already. hitting, man. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's the main concern. Is he he's the ideal guy to take over that kind of DH role perfectly? And the trade deadline's early in the MLB this year, so I you know in the next two months you're going to see people getting traded. So it, right after the All Star break. Uh, if not, is it before the? Uh, it's after the All Star break, yeah. Yeah, it's but Ju- right after July thirty first. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's what two months away. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how fast it's going to come. So I uh, I mean there are a couple outfielders the Yankees are talking about. At one, uh, I've, what, what is it? Um, ben Attendee is a guy that oh. everybody mm-hmm. the Yankees have been interested in. He plays for Kansas City this year. Ex Red Sox. Uh, this is a guy that the Yankees are very much interested. I, I've been reading a lot of stories about Ben Attendee, uh, a, a guy that would love to come in New York, come back to the American League East. He's been very confident over the years playing in the American League East with the Red Sox. Right. So, And he's always played well against the Yankees in the Yankee Stadium. So maybe the Yankees bring him back. The way he's hitting Kansas City this year is pretty uh, pretty good. So, yeah, and also, again, he's a guy that you're not going to have to trade a lot to get him no. either because his numbers have dipped since he's gone to the Royals. Because, again, granted, it's going to happen when you go from AL East ballparks to AL Central ballparks because the AL Central probably outside of, I would say, uh, Minnesota's probably a little more hitters. They're really all pitchers' parks there. Casey's kind of neutral. Well, he's hitting. He's not getting home runs. But no, but he was never the pure power type anyway, and I don't think the Yankees really need that. No, he he's hitting three twenty seven. He has 18 RBIs. Uh, his on-base percentage um, is 393. His mm-hmm. slugging percentage is 425. OPS is 818. I mean, and he's a pretty good defensive player, too. Right. So, and, and he has 50 hits, which is fantastic. So, uh, he's played very well, and he's a guy that the Yankees really, really like, and he's won gold gloves. Mm-hmm. So if if the Yankees decide to move away from Joey Gallo, if they try to try to trade Joey Gallo, maybe they trade Joey Gallo to Kansas City for a guy like Andrew Benatendi, mm-hmm. who who might fit better with the Yankees because he hits for average. Yeah, so, even if they don't do that particular plus, deal. he's a left-handed bat. Yeah, even if they don't do that particular type of deal, though, just to swap Gallo out, at least you have a different type of hitter to be able to compensate for the situation. He's not a big-time power hitter. The most no. he had home runs he had in a season was 20 in 2017. But They don't the, need power. They, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The Yankees don't need that type of hitter. They have enough of that already. High, high power, 
high strikeout guys. Benintendi, he had one bad season of strikeouts of 140, but that's really been it. Uh, the other years, 112, 106. Last year, only 97. So they need that type of hitter, another lefty, and a guy that's a good defensive player. Won a gold glove last year as a left fielder. So definitely, especially making an adjustment to a smaller park, that's going to be definitely helpful. If they He's can still fairly like young, too. He's 27 years old, and... Uh, I, I now th- that's a story. I think the Yankees are very interested in, and a guy like Andrew Benatendi. They're going to be looking for a left-handed bat to play in the outfield, especially with the injuries that they could be dealing with as the season progressively start. You know, moves forward with John Carlos Stanton, Aaron Judge. Uh, Aaron Hicks hasn't been healthy for really two years, so they need a guy that can play defense, that can play multiple positions out in the outfield, and that can hit for average. They don't need power in this lineup. This lineup is is full of power. So, I, I mean, their second baseman has seven home runs. Their first baseman has 12 home runs. Their outfielders have 17 and, and, and 12. I mean, they, they Aaron Hicks has like six. I mean... This lineup can hit home runs. They don't need home run hitters. So Benet- and by the way, Benatendi has hit quite a few home runs in Yankee Stadium. He fits. Oh sure, <laughs> he fits in that ballpark. So uh, I, again, that is the name that I've heard that the Yankees have been uh, has been brought up. That Andrew Benatendi is a guy that the Yankees are very much interested in. So. Yeah, Stanton and Judge are really the only high batting average type guys, so it definitely would help. Now, the on-base percentage is there for even a lot of those lower uh, lower batting average guys. Anthony Rizzo still at 344. You got LeMahieu still at 329, even though he's only hitting 250 this year. And Benintendi brings I a little bit of I expect that both. to go up, too. I think, I think anyone does in terms of... He had a bad year last year. Yeah, in terms of LeMahieu's peak potential... Uh, I think anyone expects it to at least go up to the 280, 290 range. Yes. I le- think that will happen. At least. Uh, he's probably, yeah, I, I think at this point he might be too far behind to get to the high 300s like we were used to no, seeing. No, I don't but, think that's going to happen. But again, that's what, unless he has the big second half, that's not going to happen. But at least if he can get to that and stay steadily throughout the season, that could be a big boost. But because of they don't have those super high batting average guys and the way Brian Cashman has built it has been more on, on base percentage, maybe they have that guy who's, I don't say more of a free swinger, but is better at making contact with the ball where the discrepancy is not as high for the on-base percentage versus the uh, the batting average. And Benintendi, a lefty, can go the other way very well. And you definitely know you're going to want to feel the rivalry with the Red Sox a little more, too, getting an next guy there. And right now, DJ LeMayu has not had a good season offensively. He really hasn't. I mean, last year he was batting two sixty eight. Uh, he only had 10 home runs last year with 57 RBIs. He was fighting injury. This year he's uh, quite healthy, uh, but he's he started the season off really strong, over 300, but the last couple of weeks has not been hitting. But I expect this to change. I think as it gets warmer, I think DJ LeMayo will get better. And he's one of the more talented defensive players on the Yankees. So I, I like what DJ LeMayo gives to the Yankees and, and really leadership and He's not a power hitter, but he's a guy that can hit for average. He's probably, throughout the last couple of years uh, since the Yankees have brought him in, he's been the best overall hitter for the Yankees. I'm just very surprised. Yeah, was an, was an MVP, uh, was a top five MVP candidate yes. in 2019. I thought he should have title. I, yeah, I thought he should have been a th- uh, not top three guy. Uh, before we go to break, uh, John Gonzalez also says Yankees have interest in Frankie Montez. Yeah, I heard that. Who is yeah. a 3.55 ERA, strikes out, striking out 55 in nine starts so far this season for the Athletics. So pretty good, not great. It's it's but but he still has a lot of upside. A young, young pitcher, good stuff too. So. No, he's a good player. Yeah. And, and, and I, 
Again, the Yankees are going to, we're going to be hearing a lot of names pop out of the woodwork where the Yankees might be looking to add to this roster, especially with the injuries that they have. And the Yankees for years have been fighting injuries. Uh, and right now, uh, the way they're positioned, the Yankees could make mistakes. They could fall in these little spurts where they, they'll lose five to six games. Look, they were on a four-game losing streak before, before they started to win and start to beat the knockoff Baltimore. I expect the Yankees to continue figuring out things. And, and, and Aaron Boone, say whatever you want about him. You don't like him as a manager. You don't like him this. You don't like – he has run this bullpen very well this year. This yeah. rotation has been very good. Uh, Aaron Boone is really – I think settled in as a manager in this league. And right now, if the season were to end, he's manager of the year. It's not even an argument right now. The Yankees are 32 and 13. They're, they're going to be the first team over 20, 20 games, 20 games over 500. They were the first team to win 30 games this year. I expect the Yankees to be a hundred win season, another hundred win season under Aaron Boone. This will be three out of the last five years under Aaron Boone, which would make Aaron Boone the first Yankee in five, in a five year span. And, and, and first ever manager in a five-year span to win, to have three 100-win seasons in his first five years. So say whatever you want about Aaron Boone and what he doesn't know and what he does know. Aaron Boone has been a successful manager since he stepped on Yankee Stadium turf, so or whatever you want to call it, the field uh, for the New York Yankees. So Joe Girardi, eat your heart out. <laughs> when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be talking to Roto Ball. Fantasy Baseball second DFS writer John Anderson here on the Sports Loudmouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Sports Loudmouths. You can call us at 631 672 3108. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, we were just getting into baseball, and why not bring in a baseball specialist? We are now talking to Roto Ball Fantasy Baseball second DFS writer, John Anderson. What's going on, John? Hey there. Kind of out of nowhere. Never heard of you guys, but what's up? <laughs> Looks like you got a nice show here. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you, John, for blowing our heads up. Well, you just came out of nowhere, you know, but uh, we really Not appreciate it. a great it. way to start it, I guess. <laughs> yes, but. We're very happy to have you on, man. We really appreciate you joining us. I'm sure you're a very busy guy. What's that, a jumping? Oh, you have that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's my workout between uh, segments here. Oh, there you go. I mean, I don't have a workout. I mean, if you if you want me to do some handstands during the show, I could do that for you. (laughs) Uh, But uh, you know, uh, obviously, kids, as you can tell, three-year-old and a one-year-old. Yeah, that's good, man. Good for you, and uh, really happy. Like I said, we're really excited to get you on. So, John, so far, what are your thoughts so far early this season when it comes to baseball? With obviously, we're here in New York, the Yankees and the Mets. The Yankees, thirty-two and thirty. Team. The Mets are playing great baseball. What has stood out to you so far early this season? All, all you baseball guys I talk to are in New York. It's just everybody in New York on online talking about fantasy, about baseball into a microphone. That's wild. <laughs> um, it's been interesting. We're the, the better the, ones. We're the better ones. I so. suppose the louder ones. You, <laughs> yeah, you'd like to talk. I think the big story has been at least in fantasy, but it's trickled out into just the normal fan normal game is the the different hitting environments right the 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 lighter ball and not lighter but whatever they call it the humidors it's harder to hit a home run 
Um, batting averages are way down. They're on the way up. But I mean, for a while we were hovering around like 232. And you remember back in the day when like, a, I don't know, 270 was about mm-hmm. league average. Maybe it wasn't that high, but like a Close. 270 hitter, yeah. 270 hitter, you'd be like, oh, he's okay. But now a 270 hitter is like near the, not near the league leaders, but very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen home run rates come down. We've seen uh, the the barrel, as we talk about in, in data anal- analysis, that's, those just aren't going for homers nearly as often. So uh, it's a pitcher's game right now. It'll be interesting to see if the humidors react to the warmer weather in the summer. Um, and as I said, things are already on the way up, but that's been a pretty big uh, storyline. And it has not affected your boy Aaron Judge, no. though. He's uh, having a career season so far money 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 that's all i'm gonna say about that so am i allowed to have a drink here <laughs> yes yes you can drink yeah it's my favorite that's my fa- that's my favorite beer you got oh, okay. there right yeah, yeah. Right. Speedy I, I do lo- originally so yes oh uh, yeah there you go that works perfectly love yingling uh so another factor to that we've seen we've heard reports about different years tampering with the baseballs with the league offices switching it up different play, baseball from year in and year out so what is your thoughts on that and do you think mlb will continue to end up doing that as long as rob manfred's the commissioner i don't know what the game is um they're trying i guess they're seeing that people are less people are watching the game which i think is just a consequence of uh the population just moving away from baseball. I mean, it's a slow game that you kind of have to pay a lot of attention to and a long attention span and 162 games. Like it's hard to care about this stuff for the younger generation. And maybe that's always been true. Younger people always are less interested in that, but maybe it's accelerating now in the days of social media and the internet where people just, they want to see the action and they want it to be over. They don't want to sit around for three hours. Um, So the league's decision has been to try to speed up the games and to, which is what I don't get. I, it, it seems like they're trying to get more singles, more doubles, more base runners, more steals. I don't know. To me, that's not all that fun. I, I was kind of liking the days when everybody would either strike out or hit a home run. Um, I guess strikeouts aren't that fun because you don't see, literally, you see no action. You see the guy walk back to the dugout. So uh, if they want to reduce that, then they're, that's working. Um, I think the home run is typically what you want to see. And you want to see the dudes chasing 60, 70 home runs. That's what saved the game in the late nineties. Right. But that's mm-hmm. uh, the opposite direction is where we're going. So I don't know. Um, but the ball, I, I mean, it's anybody's guess, like I suppose, but I imagine that we see less homers hit this year than, than last year. Yeah. As everybody knows, we are talking to Roto baller, uh, fantasy baseball, second DFS writer, John Anderson. Um, we talk about some of these pitchers that have come out of the woodwork. Uh, obviously, Nasty Cortez, I call him Nestor Nasty. He's been fantastic for him. One, 1.70 ERA is uh, whip under zero. Under one right now is in the zeros. Uh, you look at some of these guys, and then obviously Noah Syndergaard, what he's done with the Angels so far this year has been fantastic. When you look at these pitchers and, and really the growth of, of some of these young pitchers that have slowly – uh, they weren't such great pitchers their first five or six years, and all of a sudden they they go back to those teams or they, they go somewhere else and really develop their skills. Are you surprised that some of these pitchers have developed the skills and become one of those dominant force pitchers in the MLB? I'll always be surprised and always be very skeptical of someone like Nestor Cortez. Uh, he never got a ton of starts, mm-hmm. though, right? I mean, no. I'm not super familiar with it. Last year, he past, started but... off in the second half. He played very well. He was coming from the bullpen. The Yankees started putting him as a starter. He played, I think he started, I would say, about 12 or 13 games last year or 11 games, somewhere around there. Uh, he pitched very well, and the Yankees obviously moved him to the rotation because they needed a left-handed pitcher. 
So, so I'm a data guy, uh, uh-huh. a data science background, and I will always tell you to just not overreact to a small sample of data. And Nestor Cortez has made seven, eight starts, uh-huh. and that is a small sample of data right uh-huh. there. Um, so I am going to default to what he's done in his career, not to say that you can't improve. Obviously, he has. He's obviously a much better pitcher, and I think he's more than good enough to stick in the rotation and have a good year. Uh, do I expect anything like this first month and a half to continue? No. I, For fantasy purposes, um, which we're not necessarily talking about here, but it's a good example, someone like that is typically a good idea to get rid of, to, to trade at the current value because – these things are typically small sample products rather than truly changes, but who knows, maybe it's certainly possible that someone can change their game and work out and build up over the off season and become a new player. Um, but I will lean towards the skeptical side of, of guys like that. So as just from the general landscape of pitching, we've seen a lot of the award winners be kind of new guys recently, probably outside of Jacob deGrom. A lot of the guys come out of nowhere to win the Cy Youngs and become these all-star caliber pitchers. Do you think the the young pitchers, the way they've been trained, doing a lot better, pitching a lot better, is going to be the new trend where you see these kind of year-to-year type things, like you were saying, small sample sizes? I think a, a lot of that just has to do with it, it being tough to stay in the game for so long. So the you just don't see a lot of guys like Scherzer pitching into their mid-30s. So the just the, the, gen, the general... Um, most of the pitching population per se will be younger guys just because it's hard to to pitch into your thirties. But yeah, they're more equipped to like the data analytics side of baseball has blown up in the last 10 years, even, you know, five years, the Statcast system came out, which gives you all kinds of data. It just exploded the, the numbers and analytics you can take. And that's all pretty new. So someone that's younger that's coming up with that kind of stuff, they'll, they might have an advantage, certainly, um, just because a, a veteran is going to be kind of set in their ways and a little bit more unwilling to make changes based on that. And that's fair enough. I mean, Justin Verlander doesn't have to change anything, right? And Max Scherzer, there's no reason for these guys to change anything. But maybe that leans a little bit uh, in the advantage of the younger guys who are more adaptive and have more information right away to perfect their skill with. John, you are a fantasy guy. So if yeah. you are playing fantasy baseball right now, and you have your roster. And what has stood out to you as far as players? I mean, Mike Trout has had a good year. Aaron Judge has been good. Manny Machado has been good. But some of those players that you could have drafted in the fourth or fifth round that really has stood out so far early this season. And uh, if you were a fantasy player that has an opportunity to trade one of these players, is there a particular player that right now, the way they're playing, would you trade for a specific player or, or in a specific you know, position uh, to get your team moving in the right direction? Uh, well, it's kind of uh, – so, yeah, you, you want to look for, for, for fantasy purposes here. You want to be skeptical, like I just said, of, of the guys that have no real good history mm-hmm. but have had a good first month. Typically, sometimes that means they just improved over the offseason and they're a new player. Most of the time, it's just baseball's a random game, and if you play three weeks of it, a lot of bad players will have good good spans. When you're looking for the fantasy side of it, I would say look for hitters that aren't striking out a lot. Um, strikeout rate is a good stat to look at. The league average is 23%. So if you find a hitter under 20%, that's 
all systems go. And that is actually pretty likely to stay. You don't typically have lucky streaks in strikeout rate. Your strikeout rate will more, will more or less stay the same over different samples of the year. Important this year to get these guys that are just um, the big guys, the Aaron Judges, the softer ball, the, hard, the fact that it's harder to hit home runs. Uh, you want guys that are really hitting the ball because you're going to have to hit it really hard to hit home runs. So look for these yokes dudes like yourself in the cutoff here uh, to, uh, to, to trust for the home runs. You need the big, strong guys because it's tougher now to get a ball out of the yard. So one of the things that's been very polarizing in the fantasy community has been the closers, and there haven't been as many good ones this year. It's always been a skeptical position to draft. you got Taylor Rogers, who's done well, Josh Hader, Jordan Romano, and Edwin Diaz. But beyond that, not a lot of guys you could trust. So what is your strategy with that, with the closers that could change very often? And do you maybe value other types of relievers for fantasy as well, maybe because of these just inconsistencies? It all depends on your league type. Most leagues need saves. You have to play that game. So uh, a lot of uh, the trend this year was to just go get one of the few solidified guys like a Liam Hendricks, White Sox, a Romano from the Blue Jays. That's working out well. Iglesias from the Angels. Um, the one guy that isn't working out is your boy, Aroldis Chapman. That's a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it, it depends on what kind of league you're playing in. If you play in a league where you can add a bunch of guys throughout the year, then I think it's best to just pick up the guys that have the job temporarily. That happens a ton now. You see most teams with multiple guys getting saved, so they're pretty easy to find. Um, and that's just another consequence of all the data and analytics. You find pitchers, uh, you find teams using their best relievers when they need them in the seventh in a high leverage situation rather than waiting for the save situation. So that's made the saves thing a little bit tougher, but it's opened up some opportunity as well to get um, get a lot of free, cheap saves in fantasy. When you look at the American League East, uh, John, and obviously it's probably the most dominant division, uh, obviously with the Yankees, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Toronto Blue Jays, the Boston Red Sox, and even Baltimore, who has played just as well as the – uh, Boston Red Sox, and that's not saying much, but uh, they actually have a little bit of pitching. They do. <laughs> they're young and they're talented. They have some good young players in their farm system. What has stood out to you? Obviously, the Yankees being the number one seed right now and the best team in all of baseball. But what has stood out in this division that really early in the season that you wouldn't or you haven't expected uh, in this division? Blue Jays' offense has been pretty lackluster. Um, Last year, they led the league in home runs by a ton. I think they led the league in runs scored by a ton as well. But this year, it hasn't been the same. I mean, they lost Marcus Semien, who that looks pretty good for them because he is doing absolutely nothing in Texas. But um, other than that, you know, they still have Springer and Vlad and T. Oscar and all these guys. But uh, let me pull up the team batting average mm-hmm. for them right now. At uh, So they're hitting 232. And only slugging 379 with 45 homers. Mm. Um, the 45 homers is a decent mark, but I mean the Yankees have 63, so mm-hmm. they're way behind. Um, so that's been pretty surprising. I don't really expect that to continue. Um, obviously, Semyon hit 46 right. last year, and right. he's gone, so they haven't really replaced him. Um, but their pitching is the thing they upgraded, so they kind of balanced that out with Gossman um, and Jose Barrios, who maybe will get it together, and, and guys like that. Uh, but the Yankees are showing you that it's a good year to have the Judges and the Stantons and the Rizzos of the world that will hit home runs, and it's a good stadium to hit home runs because uh, if you lead the league in home runs, you're probably making the playoffs, and the Yankees are looking uh, like a pretty good bet to do that. 
Teoscar Hernandez better wake up. He's on both my teams this year. There you go. Yeah, yeah he's been the main culprit, I guess. He's yeah. been, he, well, was hurt, he was bit, hurt, too, which didn't help. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, across the league, uh, we were talking about small sample sizes. Is there any particular player that you would buy right now if you're a fantasy player and then one that you should sell right now, like you were saying, maybe a small sample guy? The, the buy, I think, I want to say Max Muncie, but I'm a little mm. concerned about the elbow. I don't know if – so you talk about barrel rate a lot in baseball. I don't know if your listeners are familiar, but the the short explanation of that is a barrel is a ball hit above 97 miles per hour at a certain angle range. And as the ball gets – as you hit it harder and harder, the angle range expands, so it's easier to, to be classified as that. So it's basically just the best – the most well-hit batted balls. And his barrel rate is fine, and his strikeout rate is – fine and his walk rate is way up so everything kind of looks the same but the numbers aren't falling in um, and that's the kind of profile to look for for a buy low like guys that are hitting the ball really hard but the elbow thing with him last year maybe that gives me a little bit of pause but that's more general advice um, to look for high barrel rates low strikeout rates but bad box score results um, and then a sell high I, I guess you could say I mean probably nobody's gonna be a better option i was gonna say taylor ward here the the angels is just absolutely crushing i think he's he's one of the top five he was number one he's the number one fantasy hitter for a while but he's missed almost a week now with uh, an illness or mm-hmm. something like that um but he's a guy that you know good minor league hitter but nothing fantastic he was never a top prospect he's not like a 22 year old kid and all of a sudden he comes out here and has six weeks and just tears cover off the ball hitting an absurd um I can pull up the number here in one second. I mean, the guy's hitting like 340, right? Or something like that. Uh, yeah, he's in 370 mm-hmm. right now by my mark. He's got a 713 slugging percentage, <laughs> so that's well above like the 450. 450 is a good slugging percentage, and he's up at 713. Nine homers, um, and everything checks out. I mean, all the numbers look good, but it's just like, is this guy really all of a sudden mm-hmm. the best hitter in the league? I doubt it. Uh, and you probably won't get a huge return, but. Um, I would be someone that I'd, you'd be willing to trade just for that that reasoning. Like guys that kind of come out of nowhere to dominate, it's better to, to sell them early on in the year. The new Eric Thames. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember that guy. That was fun here. Uh, we are talking to Rotoballer, fantasy baseball, second DFS writer, John Anderson. What is going on with the Atlanta Braves? I have... I mean, this is a team that won the World Series last year. Yes, they lost Freddie Freeman. He goes to the the Dodgers. Every everybody was like going crazy uh, when he decided to part ways and go and play for the Dodgers, uh, one of the more talented teams in the the National League. Uh, they've played a little bit better. This rotation has been horrible. Uh, they're not hitting. I mean, this infield, which was one of the best infield power infields in baseball last year, has been one of the worst infields in all of baseball this year. What's going on with them, John? I think it's the pitching, like you said. Um, Freed is good. He's a, he's a he's an ace. I think it's fair to say. Um, and Kyle Wright has been kind of the breakout early pitcher of the year. Been been very good. A little bit worse in his last few compared to the beginning. But then Charlie Morton, Ian Anderson, and whoever else they've been throwing out there trying to figure out that fifth spot have been a disaster. Uh, they really ex- were hoping that Morton would have one more year. I mean, the guy's, what, 39? He's an old man. Who can pitch in a playoffs? He'll turn 39 this yeah. fall. So that has to end at some point, and maybe it has. Um, and the other thing is they missed Acuna for a couple weeks, but they got him back, and things were looking good. But now he's hurt again. Um, another thing, and it just seems like he'll – 
kind of struggle for health this year. But the the main surprising thing is that they have the league's top strikeout rate. I mean, 26%. Mm-hmm. They are the highest strikeout rate in the league, as I said, hitting 234. And, I mean, the home runs are there, 56. That's near the top of the league. So they're doing that, but maybe they're just not timely. Mm. I mean, maybe maybe they've hit a lot of solo home runs or things like that. Um, Adam Duvall hasn't done it for them. He was a big boost for them last year. They lost Rosario. Uh, or, no, they they did not lose Rosario. They lost Soler. Soler, yeah. But they um, lost Rosario. And Jock Peterson they lost, too. I mean, Rosario's not playing He's now on the Giants, so. Ricky against the Mets. Right. Yeah, they did lose Rosario in that way. Yes. Um, and Acuna doesn't seem like he's not going to be the MVP guy. He usually is this year with all these injuries he's dealing with. Um, and then Freeman for Olsen seemed like more or less an even swap. Yeah. Um, and Olsen's been great, but who knows? Maybe there's some intangible thing. The pitching is just not deep, and if Morton doesn't get going, they're going to have a problem there, and they need to improve that strikeout rate. So I'm a Mets fan, so they're oh, dealing God. with a lot of injuries right now, especially go. in their starting rotation. Are you concerned with the state of the Mets right now, even though they're doing well in the – the record-wise, with the starting pitching in particular, even with a bullpen that isn't overly deep. What do you think about that? A lot of depth there, at least, right? Like, they kind of, they seem to be expecting this DeGrom thing, and rightfully so. So they went out and added um, Scherzer, obviously, but that now he's gone for six weeks or something. Um, but even now, even with those two, I mean, you could argue two of the two top pitchers in the league on the Mets, and they're not here for probably all of June and we'll see with the Grom. It's hard to say that it's hard to predict that he'll even make five starts this year with how many, how much struggles he's had. But even then McGill, Carrasco, Bassett, Taiwan Walker, David Peterson. I mean, there are plenty of teams that have worse rotations than that. Um, so, so they're okay. Um, and then the upside is that Scherzer and DeGrom come back and they just absolutely dominate for July, August, September. Um, the offense also very deep. I mean, they just went out, and they were just like, screw all these injuries. We're just going to load up and have backups. Um, and Lindor seems like he's having the year, uh, the, the kind of comeback player of the year type of, of year. Although he he was never bad, but he just wasn't like a superstar the last couple of seasons. And he's looking like that again. And then Alonzo and then a lot of nice pieces like Nimmo, McNeil, Canna. These guys kind of just fit in really nice. So a lot of depth there. And that's a good lesson for other teams, but um, not a lot of other teams have the money to spend like your your GM is willing to do. So that's exciting. It's probably a good time to be a Mets fan. Mm. About time after we have to deal with the Wilpons forever. Yeah. Oh, God. What's this guy's name? What's what's his name? Uh, Uncle Stevie. Cohen? Steve Uncle, Cohen. Uncle Steve. Yeah, he's the man. Uncle he's the Stevie. Man. Man. Oh, yeah. He's been... He, he, any any Met fan should be jumping for joy. This guy spends $800 million in his first two years. Why not spend a billion? And they got rid of Robinson Cano. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, now you're hearing stories of Soto. So why don't we get into that? I mean, there are stories coming out that the Nationals might be intrigued or interested in possibly trading Soto at the trade deadline. I, I, I do believe they have control of him for the next three years. Um what are your thoughts to Juan Soto? I mean, obviously, he's one of the top three players in baseball. Uh, that lineup is one of the worst lineups in baseball, and he's still hitting. Um, yeah. Do they trade him at the trade deadline, or do they wait and and, and decide if uh, – because obviously he was offered a $350 million contract in the offseason for 13 years. He would not take it. Uh, mm-hmm. There are stories coming out from, obviously, his agent, and we all know who his agent is, that he wants $500 million. Uh, do they trade him in the offseason? And, and if they do, who does he go to? Well, it's about the um, – if you're the Nationals, 
you're not going to get another one Soto in return. I mean, the return is going to be massive. You're going to get someone's top five prospects or something like that. But almost surely none of them are going to do anything like Juan Soto. I mean, that guy's generational talent. And what is he, 24? 23. So you have 10 years. Um, And even the worst, like I'm a pirate guy, right? I grew up in Pittsburgh. Even I am not going to sit here and say, there's parts of no chance for the next 10 years. That's just ridiculous. And the Nationals have some money to spend as well. A pretty good market there. So, I mean, no doubt this isn't like a 10-year thing where well we need 10 years to get better of course not they could be right there in the heat winning out of the world series in the next three years so to me it's pretty obvious that you want to keep soto you don't really want to he's not really a trade um, option like that unless unless you don't think that he has any business staying there if he's if he gets his two years and he walks then of course you want to trade him right if there's no way he'll sign an extension or you're just absolutely not willing to pay that 500 million he wants or whatever the number is then sure, it's always better to trade these guys earlier rather than later because they're a bit more valuable now with the two years of control before you have to give them the big contract. So you can probably get a huge haul from a team like the The Mariners, someone like that, Mets, sure, like a team trying to win right now that maybe won't be interested in extending him and giving him that massive contract. But even if you don't want to do that, you get this year and next year and maybe the next. I don't know mm-hmm. if you have the contract details. Mm-hmm. but uh, that, So that's working in the Nationals' favor. A trade right now will net you more of a return than next year. Um, but it's all dependent on if you think um, the number one priority would be to keep them. But if you don't think that's even a possibility, then it's probably best to trade them now. So what 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 you think will be the market for him either for this season or for the offseason too? Because the main teams in it were the Blue Jays and Padres for a while, but now more teams have been climbing in. Do you think it'll be one ultimate bidding war for that kind of thing? Or do you think so many teams will just drop out just because the Nationals' asking price might be way too high? I mean, only a few teams would even be in, in contention. There are certainly teams that don't even have what it takes. Like even if they wanted to give it, they don't have it. There, There's probably teams out there – that cannot offer an offer that the nationals would take just because it will take five top prospects, something insane like that. Like, I don't know if one team has five of the top 100 MLB prospects, but I would imagine the Dodgers do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. I mean, something like that. And, that would, I mean, you might, you, you should just stop watching baseball if Juan Soto ends up on the Dodgers this year. Right? <laughs> might as well just add Strasburg in the trade. It'll be a whole reunion yeah. of, of nationals yeah. over there. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be tough. I, I don't imagine it happens because I, I don't think any team really wants to do that even for Soto for two years unless they have the, the eye of, ma- of keeping him for the long haul. And maybe that is a Dodgers because I think Trey Turner's, he's up for free agent this offseason, so maybe they're willing to let him go. And they have um, some other aging guys that maybe they want to replenish. I mean, there's no problems in Dodger land, but they would be probably the, the team that you would think would have the money and the will to, to sign him for that insane record-breaking deal that will inevitably happen if he stays healthy. Well, we also know the Mets will open up their pockets. Uh, Uncle Stevie's willing to open up his pockets for $800 yeah. million. Why not add another 500 It's not going to burn a hole in his pocket. Uh, last but then year, they have all these outfielders that are going to be pissed that they're not playing anymore, right? I mean, they have like six outfielders that can play. Oh, yeah, play. they put two, in all, they put two in all the time, yeah. What, is, <laughs> what does Steve Cohen care about? He's got the second or third best player in baseball, so yeah. what does he care about? I mean, as long as they, they got a star that's going to put fannies in his seats and he's going to put money 
money in his pockets. He don't give a crap about that. It's all about money and, and winning to this man. And he's the George Steinbrenner of these days. And I expect him to continue spending money until this team finally fi- wins, even though it never worked for George. So I feel uh, for the Mets, though, man. I mean, they you have to respect an owner that will spend the money. Everybody likes that. Mm-hmm. And they just keep getting just – really screwed over with these injuries and maybe it's something i mean there's a lot of these rumors about how training staff is just awful and that's probably but they've not switched really it three fair. times too so that's something else too it, it's probably just a string of bad luck um and degrom clearly i mean that guy's a closer in, in a couple of years there's just no way this guy's elbow can't do it he, i mean it's too bad it's too bad for all of us because the numbers he was going to put up last year would have been just insane to see. A lot of people believe um, this is Jacob De, Jacob Degrom's career is over. I, I, a lot of people. I think don't... I'm, I'm on that. I'm on that board. There's yeah. no doubt. I mean, all the stuff his elbow's gone through and the shoulder and all these problems he's had. Uh, pitching is a freaking hard thing to do. Yeah. Uh, you just can't do that without a fully healthy elbow, and he should. He should probably. I mean, they're not going to put him in a bullpen role. That's the last thing they want to do. They're going to ride this out and try it for the next couple of years. But yeah. I mean, I'll take the over on 10 D- Jacob deGrom saves in, in 2025 if you're putting a bet out there. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Uh, if Jacob deGrom's career is going to be over one way or another in the next couple of years or a year from now, is he a Hall of Famer? I'm, obviously, he's not He's not going to win 300 wins, and I don't think that's the protocol anymore. It's really yeah. about the dominance yeah. of time that he was a, a top you know, starting pitcher in baseball. I mean – could you tell me the last pitcher that had the numbers that Jacob DeGrom has had in five, the last five years? Uh, not many. I mean, uh, I, I can't even tell you. So uh, do you think Jacob DeGrom's a Hall of Famer? If it's up to me, no. But I have high standards for this kind of stuff. I think they let too many people into the Hall of Fame. I mean, the guys managed not even 200 games started. So you typically want 300. Well, you don't want 300 wins anymore. That's ridiculous, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, – you want like 200 wins and he hasn't even made that many starts and he might not after this year, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, it's just the, the raw innings pitched isn't there. Um, he's under 1300 career innings. Um, but will he probably, I mean, just cause he's such a name and New York certainly helps and all these things are very, uh, you know, it's not all data that these, these hall of fame ballot voters are, are looking at. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. You said that you said they let too many people in. You think? I always thought baseball writers were the most stingy. They they won't let the right people in, and they like they obviously the steroid thing has a lot to do with it. But even some of the other older guys that could have gotten in. Why do you think that is? Why do you think they are too no, I, too lenient? Yeah, you're right. You're right that um, they will hold these grudges. I don't know if it's a grudge, but yeah, I mean Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Give me a break. Right. Like, of course. Um, so in that regard, they are certainly way too stingy. And it's just like, what are you trying to prove here, man? Like you want to just decline everybody from this era, anybody that ever did something unsavory. And I understand, like, it's not like I don't understand the argument on the other side that you don't want these people that didn't do your, the honor of your game and the integrity of the game. Well, but Barry Bonds, I mean, if you get rid of all that stuff, he's the greatest up right up there. Top three greatest players of all time. No question. In the Hall of Fame, so but I don't know. Just my ideal world is that it takes a crazy good career with tons of innings pitched and tons of at bats um, and tons of games played to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, but I don't pay super close attention to the Hall of Fame stuff. I'm more of a here and now guy. But 
Um, yeah, baseball, get Bonds in the Hall of Fame and keep DeGrom out. Yeah, Baseball Hall of Fame is, is a bunch of crap anyways. I mean, David Ortiz was the first ballot Hall of Fame, and he, he was absolutely enjoying yeah. enhancing drugs. Derek Jeter was, uh, like, uh, unanimous, right? Yes. Oh, uh, no, that oh, was got, Mario no. Farrell. One vote short. Oh, okay. One vote short. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Jeter, that's a joke. He wasn't that good of a baseball player. I'm sorry. Like, he... Does that like rustle your jimmies here? My no, he actually he actually is more critical of Derek Jeter than uh, most right. Yankee fans. <laughs> I am not a I'm not a Derek Jeter fan. I've interviewed him three times. He's a uh, uh, as as nice oh, as I could kinda... be, as nice as I could be on this radio show. He was a prick. Okay, so okay. Uh, Alex Rodriguez was much more nice and more interesting to talk to when it comes to interviewing about baseball and sports. The guy actually will have a conversation with you and not feel like you're an idiot and an imbecile that doesn't yeah. know the game. Okay. Derek Jeter, on the <laughs> other hand, he, he, he looked at me like I had six heads and who are you? Where are you from? Oh, okay. I don't need to talk to you. That's, that's the type of person that he is, unfortunately. And he, even if his friend, his best friend, Gerald Williams, who I, I know pretty well and have had good conversations with, it's amazing how Derek Jeter and Gerald Williams are great friends because Gerald is so much more outgoing than Derek is. So <laughs> I don't know how they're friends. So Maybe he's got him on a bad day. Sorry. No, I, I, three times. <laughs> I turned over a stone there. Uh, three strikes, I'm out, yeah. man. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer, but the votes he got, it wasn't unanimous, but very close. Like, he wasn't that good. So, mm. yeah, uh, I'm not one to rail against, like, old people shouldn't do anything. They're too old because I think – there's plenty of merit to uh, to old experienced people having a say in things, but for the Hall of Fame, yeah, they they're not really with the the times, and they don't always look at the data um, in the most fair way, in my opinion. Uh, before I get to my question, I'll just read some of the comments. Uh, Jeff says Josh Donaldson or Trevor Story. Uh, Carl says buy Story, censor Donaldson. And could you stop with this Donaldson Trevor Story? <laughs> they both suck. Okay. They both stink. There. My answer is Trevor's story, though. The, <laughs> okay. The fantasy question. There you go, Jeff. You got your answer. And Carl says uh, Derek Jeter had a clutch rating of A+. Uh, so my question is, either positive or negative so far to start the season, what has been the biggest player, player surprise and team surprise so far this year? Um, yeah, that's, let's see. I don't, the one thing with, with fantasy is you don't really look at the standings very often because you're just more worried about the players and who's doing No, well. you could, you could do a player too, like a, any fantasy player surprise, like, dis- okay. and disappointment. Yeah, I mean, Taylor Ward, uh, we talked about, and he would have to be the surprise just mm-hmm. uh, from nowhere, totally undrafted in fantasy leagues um, to be the number one player uh, for a while there. Um, disappointment. Um, yeah, I mean, Jose Barrios is in that conversation. Another AL East guy, just been very bad. A little bit better lately, but still no strikeouts. Um, really struggling. And another thing is, it wasn't disappointing to me, because you kind of expect it, but a lot of these rookies, like Jared Kalenic, um, Kalenic maybe, in Seattle, uh, former top prospect, really struggled last year, but then came back up and really was good in September. And a lot of people thought, okay, he had his like struggles. He got over him, and now he's ready to go. But he's back in the minors, so it's very tough for these uh, young hitters to come up um, and play. So, and there's been a bunch of names like that you could rattle off um, the the Kalanick type that rookies highly touted that have struggled quite a bit. With both Mitch Hanniger and Kyle Lewis hurt too. You would think he's got to yeah. get his chance finally. <laughs> Julio Rodriguez is on the other side of that. He's a he's a rookie that has played very well. Uh, tough couple first week, couple of weeks to start the season, but. Um, he's put it together and he's here to stay and he looks very good. So 
there's um, players on both sides of that, but typically the rookies have been struggling a lot lately to come up. Yeah, Taylor Ward's kept Joe Adele in the minor leagues, which I drafted yeah. Adele in my category league, so it's not helping. Yeah. You know what I would like to use? I would like to use that trampoline to beat the hell out of Jeff on it. <laughs> Seriously, slam his head um, over and over and over again with this Trevor Story crap. Trevor Story is not great. I'm tired of hearing it. I don't care how out of a hitter he is the last past week. He stinks. I'm tired of it. 176 million is a crud. Okay, he's batting 230. He's not he's got there, man. Season. He's he's been in your division for like oh, six I minutes. I can't stand him, man, and I can't stand these 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 Boston Red Sox fans. He he goes to Boston and he's like the God's gift to the world. I mean, seriously, Trevor Story. Let's talk about Aaron Judge. Let's talk about 17 home runs, and he leads the league in almost every single category. Let's talk about that. How's that? You'd be probably pretty excited about Trevor Story if he signed with the Yankees. Oh, no, I wouldn't. Oh, no, I wouldn't. I I didn't want Trevor Stories. I don't like Trevor Stories. Thank God he's not a Yankee, okay? So you you didn't like him before this either? Never. Never liked him. Never liked him on Colorado. Go look at his numbers when he played away from Colorado. Tons of strikeouts. There, he's not good. Okay, so anybody that thinks he's such a great player, well, obviously they've been eating some kind of porcupine or whatever the hell they're eating. Keep eating it because you're an idiot. Okay. I think you're gonna be. Uh, I think you're gonna be proven wrong on this one, my man. Oh yeah. I think Trevor Story is gonna cause you some pain the rest of the year. I don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. So he's having one good week and everybody wants to jump. Oh, the course thing is interesting because that is a common criticism that these Rockies players yeah. are terrible on the road. So you think once they leave the Rockies, they'll just be terrible. But what seems to happen is that the elevation changes really screws with these guys throughout the year. So mm-hmm. even when they're on the road, it's not really a fair shot because their body's gone through all this weird stuff and the adjustment is weird i mean you look at the rockies numbers like the first couple games out of a homestand they're just awful and like these hitters are hitting way below what anybody would do so um and you've seen it with nolan arenado i mean the batting average is obviously going to come down because Coors elevates that so much but he's hit homers at the same rate and driven and runs just fine with the cardinals hold hold on hold on do not compare trevor stories to nolan arenado Okay, I mean, we're well, talking about an elite player at his position. Two, two elite players, my man. Ah, get out of here. <laughs> you must love Trevor Story or something like that. I don't. I don't, but I, I can I, – I think you're giving too much heat here. I don't like I'll Trevor Story. i up for him in this, in this room. No. You're <laughs> saying, you, you, know, you know who loves you? I, 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 you got a new fan, and he's probably going to follow you now. And his name's Jeff, so <laughs> – Enjoy, enjoy this, Jeff, because right. you got a guy that actually agrees with you. Even though you have a guy right now that has thirty-three hits, eight home runs, and is batting two twenty-four. Good luck on that. Great job, Trevor. Anyways, <laughs> um, we really appreciate you joining us, man, on short notice. Uh, we definitely would like to get you on again. Uh, and also, your expertise in fantasy sports. We have a lot of guys uh, throughout the country that listen to us when it comes to fantasy baseball. Um, and uh, really, I'm sure, really enjoyed your uh, expertise and, and your your conversation with us. Tell the fans how they can find you on social media. Yeah, I do tons of stuff. Uh, fantasy players, I promise you I have something you like. Um, I... I'm a data science guy, as I mentioned, so I have scripts and automation and a bunch of stuff, projections if you play DFS. I have a lot of that, um, so check it out. You can find it all on my Twitter, typically, John PGH, so it's J-O-N-P-G-H, the shortening for Pittsburgh, so find me there, and uh, 
again, I promise you'll find something to use with what I put out every day. I will like everything you put out that isn't related to Trevor's Trevor story. story. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to remember you, my friend, because we're going to get you on in a couple of months. And if Trevor's story isn't having the year you claim that he is having, I uh, imagine I imagine I won't be back you. if he is having the year. That uh, I no, no, I'll bring it. No, I'll bring it back <laughs> on anyways. I listen. I love bringing people back on and going back and forth with them. That's what we do. And. And that's what Let's makes us very unique and different. And by the way, say hello to your children. How many kids you have? Uh, two and one in the oven. Uh, so, on and, oh, yeah. wow. Uh, how, yeah. uh, how many boys and girls? One of each. One of we each. don't know about this third one. Oh, yeah. Look at that, man. Oh, look at you. Are they going to play baseball? Uh, yeah, that's cheap. That's a cheap sport to get into. <laughs> My wife and I are both, uh, we'd like to thank athletic. So... We both play tennis, but you can't put a kid in tennis. Nah. You know, that just bankrupts you. Uh, so. not, not necessarily, you know. We could play a little wiffle ball for free in the That's backyard true. and see That's if they true. got anything going and then start off the tee ball. So That's definitely. True. That's true. That's true. My nephew, he needs to learn how to swing. My, I don't have time to teach him, so he, he's got terrible coaches too. But I don't want to throw them. probably listening to the show right now. Sorry, guys, but uh, you know, my nephew yeah. is like he's got one hit in like, I don't know, 15, 20 at-bats. <laughs> That's not good. So, uh Somebody needs to learn and teach him how to actually keep the eye on the ball or something. Because uh, he got smashed in the head with a baseball the other day, too. So he can't catch a ball either. So there you go. Anyways, John, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you. All right. Cheers, boys. Keep cheers. drinking, man. Keep drinking. Love the England. No driving. Bed. It's bed. It's bedtime. Good night. <laughs> John Anderson, ladies and gentlemen, wrote a ball, baller, uh, fantasy baseball, second DFS writer, a great guy, um, knows his stuff. Uh, and knows his beer. Disagree with the Trevor Story thing, but, uh, you know, obviously uh, Jeff loves him, and he's got a new fan, so there you go. Uh, Carl says, how uh, Patrick Wisdom on pace for 40 home runs. He's actually somebody I did add because I had a bunch of third baseman injuries, and now I have to keep him because he's doing that well. Um, <laughs> tell him lacrosse so Nithin can cover him. Oh, please. Oh, my God. Nithin, uh, you know what I love about Nithin? He gets so excited when he does these live, you know, these events and stuff like that. It don't matter if it's lacrosse, women's basketball, or anything. If, if he's doing it, he's making sure that he's bragging about it. I love Nithin. He's got a good personality. I met him in person for the first time at my birthday. Got drunk. I mean, oh, yeah. he was out. You and him were out there. Well, you knew I was going yes. to be. Nithin was just all over the place with, like, everything that... Like, I didn't all, realize how all small your, he was. All your, yeah, like, all your different, like, friend groups, because you had, like, friend groups from all different yeah. different places and different walks of life, and he was all over the place. I, I mean, it wasn't one of my biggest sh- turnouts. It was, like, 50 people that turned out, so I'd like to thank everybody right. uh, that did show up and actually came and celebrated my 40th birthday, so thank you. Thank you. Right. Um, but like yeah. all your different friend groups, like yeah. you, from like the, the, Eric, the, the Eric and Greg group to, yeah. to, to Britney's uh, family and friends and all well, that he stuff. Liked and... to, he liked Britney's girlfriend. Oh, I know that. Oh, come on, everybody! Everybody was. Oh my God, he was messaging girlfriend. me on like um, on Monday or something. Like, what was the name of her? I didn't even know her. I met her for the first time. I didn't know who she was. Everybody was flocking to that girl. I mean, oh seriously. my God! But he, it I, was like a piece of meat to a friggin' stick. Okay, I mean, seriously. And Nithin was one of those guys that, like, a bone. Like, like seriously. Yeah, that sounds about right. Him and the beef. Okay. I don't think the beef was even doing that. The beef was talking to the no, same people the, a lot of the time. The beef stayed till twelve o'clock because he was trying to hit off with that chick. Okay, 
And I, beef doesn't stay that long, especially when he's worked four and a clock, four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. He's got a time to make the coleslaw kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> you know, so the he, Sultan of coleslaw, the Sultan of coleslaw, the Kingdom of Tuna, you know, you know, whatever the hell. <laughs> the Kingdom of Tuna. Yeah. Well, now we're adding her to the waters. We'll keep him away from any lobster that I have next week. <laughs> You're not tampering with that beef. But I, I, everybody was flocking to her, so, uh, you know. It is what it is, but uh, Nithin is definitely an interesting cat when he's away from doing what he does uh, with his interviews and um, his live, you know, interesting. His lacrosse coverage. Coverage, you know. Uh, interesting. Coverage. His article that he had to write the next day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's uh, telling me about it. I'm like, yeah, no. See, I don't have to write an article the next day, so I can just go crazy. <laughs> Before we get into some football conversation for the rest of the show, because we will, the rest of the show will be football, uh, I do want to finish up with the Rangers uh, Game 5 recap. And, uh, you know, obviously it was a national – what do you call it? National nightmare. To, uh, uh, which to people love. that aren't Ranger fans or people that are Ranger fans. I'm <laughs> not going to think that way, but, yeah. Well, well let, let's, be, let's be quite honest, okay? Uh, I don't know if it's a national nightmare, but to me and Jeff, it probably is. Okay. Um, and the Rangers have played pretty good hockey in this series. They really have. Uh, it's been very impressive uh, being that they're the youngest team still in the tournament of the playoffs. Uh, their average age is, I think, 26. Yeah. Uh, they've played really good hockey. Their youngsters, their young defensemen have played well against this Carolina team that was supposed to be a pretty good offensive team that has not played well offensively throughout uh, this div- this divisional or whatever you a conference championship, whatever the hell you call this uh, divisional series. It's just it's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's conference semifinals, semifinals yeah. whatever it is. Okay. Um, what has stood out to me so far in this series is. Shesterkin is a different goaltender than he was in the first round, okay? I think that the Penguins got into his head, and he just gave up a tremendous amount of bad goals against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Maybe he needed – this was his uh, – the first round was his first time playing in a playoff series. He had to, you know, get his feet under him. Uh, but this second round has been fantastic. You see the type of player that he is. Uh, the goaltender that he is, and he's going to have to stand on his head when he goes to Madison Square Garden in game number six if they plan to take this to a game number seven. Um, What has been unique about this series is um, when you look at the position that the Carolina Hurricanes coming in this this series was, everybody thought this was going to be a clean sweep or a uh, five-game series. Uh, nobody would have thought that this series was going to go to a game six where the Rangers will have a chance to compete and win and m- maybe uh, move into the Eastern Conference Championship. Uh, they're ahead of schedule right now. There's no question that they are. There are certain players, they're youngsters, the Lafaniers of the world, the Capococos of the world. They have showed up. Uh, I mean, they have one of the more talented young defensemen in all the hockey uh, playing the way he has played. JT Miller has shown up in this series. Keandre Miller. Uh, Ke- I mean, I'm sorry, I keep calling JT Miller. But Keandre Miller has uh, shown up in this series as well as he has. Uh, Schneider has played well. So uh, they've played uh, fantastic. They really have. So if you're a Ranger fan, you're sitting here today and you're saying, if the Rangers lose this series, is there something to look forward to, to next year? Yeah, there is. Uh, will they do what they did this year? Only time will tell. Um, this is a team that has a, a couple of really good young players, and uh, they're not going to have a lot of money next year. No. So uh, this is probably going to be the team that they ride with. 
They might lose Reeves next year. They might lose a couple of pieces next year. But their core will be here next year. Yeah, that, the, what you just described is the biggest thing I liked about wherever this playoff ends up going, win or lose in this series, because my expectations were not very high for this series. I was hoping the Rangers would just win one playoff series. The way they won it, I think, especially was impressive, too, coming back from down 3-1. to one, That's something that gives a lot of confidence. But the young players have all played well in this postseason. Keandre Miller, I think, has been the best all-around defenseman the Rangers have had. Braden Schneider struggled a little bit towards the end of the Penguin series, but has done well for the most part in that. And then the kid line, we've talked about it all the time on the Weekend Crunch, has been their consistently best line. And that's a good sign for those guys being more trustworthy in that core when they get to bigger roles. Now, obviously, the matchups that they're going to be playing against in the future when they're going to be playing against first and second pair defensemen might be different. So they're still going to have to get adjusted to that. And they have a bunch of regular seasons to be able to do that. But the good thing is they're not they're not rattled by that so far. Now, Shesterkin was the first five games of the Pittsburgh series. He did not look good. And it really took the game six turnaround where he played phenomenal to really get some confidence going. And the first two games of this series was Again, it wasn't like a stellar Vesna-type performance for him, but he still played well. So that's a good sign for Shesterkin. It's just the, the veteran guys are the but ones that are struggling. But it was the Weffleys. Oh, but it was the Weffleys. The Weffleys are the reason why the Wangers lost this game. Well, <laughs> yeah, that might have been more play, applicable the for the first three games in the Pittsburgh series, but I don't know about now. By the way, the beef blamed the referees, obviously, and he's probably he probably was beating the TV, his 76-inch TV, downstairs in his basement uh, with his chair that he was sitting in because uh, he thought the Rangers were screwed because of the, the, the hooking call, which okay. was a hook. <laughs> that was a hooking call, yes. It wasn't the most, like, violent penalty ever, but it was a pretty distinct hook. It was by-the-book hooking call, and... The referees, yeah, they, they've given the Rangers a little, little, some gifts in game four. Absolutely too. gifts in this game, too. Now, all, I also think, yeah, it's not to the egregious level. It's not the egregious level of the, what the Penguins, the first three games of the Penguins-Rangers series, where it seemed like every overturned goal went the Penguins' way without a lot of distinctive evidence to overturn it. That's a little different. It's not anything like that in this series, Beef. Come on. And, again, why don't you blame... For the first goal tonight, why don't you blame Jacob Truber for not being able to hold a puck at the point? But it was the referee! And the last two were just good passing sequences by Carolina. They were bound to get it eventually. I think the defense has played very well in this series. Blocking shots. They've been staying in position for the most part. Most of the Carolina goals have been good passing sequences or just ugly fluke goals. How about we use a couple of cupcakes as pucks? Oh, game? Slug's favorite. Uh, you know, uh, if Slug was ever commissioner of a hockey league, that would be exactly what would happen. That? I, I mean, uh, what, what are we going to call the penalties over there? Uh, uh, be caught for cupcaking or something like that? I mean, seriously. I, the beef is... There'll just be a lot of icing. Yeah, I, That's right. A lot of icing. That's good. Good for you, Speedy. Say, Slug, you have ideas for your cupcake hockey league that you can be the commissioner of. The Slug. icings. Yes, the, the icings. icings. I like that. The, the team. <laughs> The, the hookers of all snugs, you know? Oh, well, snug would love hookers. We know that. Well, you just said it right there. Hookers can be gifts. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, so can cupcakes, too, you know? I mean, I mean the beef would probably bang the referees. Or the weffleys. The weffleys. No, no beef, would, beef would hate them. There's no way he would bang them. Well, Unless they were doing it to, to, to get it back to his side. Well, allegedly. If, were, if there was cupcakes in their pants, maybe uh, the beef will uh, take his turns with them. What yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's not cupcakes in your pants. Cup, cup cupcakes in the referee's I pants. I don't know. I, listen, I don't know what Snug would do with the cupcakes, but maybe he would. Maybe if he's commissioner of that hockey league, he might require it. Uh, he says you might catch the beef cheese cutting 
or fudge packing. <laughs> fudge packing? Oh, God. Did Alex Sloan's hack your Facebook? <laughs> well, <laughs> he loves those words. I'll tell you that I right know. Uh, shout out to Alex Slows. He's working for Channel 8 over there in Tampa. Uh, moving on to the big boys, but uh, uh, hopefully coming back soon. I know he's been dreading not uh, being part of his show. Uh, the wrestling show off the mat, but uh, uh, he is not going to Vegas this weekend. Uh, instead, it's just going to be Josh, Lyle, and his friend, uh, I think Mark. Matt's his Matt, name. Matt, I'm yeah. sorry. Matt, uh, that'll be an interesting bunch of uh, three three guys going Lyle out to Vegas. Vegas. Could you imagine Lyle in the Vegas? Lyle in uh, Vegas. I don't know if Marshall I want to imagine is overrated. <laughs> I don't know if I want to imagine Lyle. It was the Lyle and... Oh, God. The Beave in Vegas. That'd be a whole could you other thing. Could you imagine Lyle and, and the Beave in a, like, an Oh, MMA, they'd hate each other. I know that in for an a MMA fact. fight? Could you imagine them, too? In an MMA fight? I mean, they both talk alike. I mean, the Wefwees, you know? Yeah. Lyle versus um, the Beave. Yes, Snug. That's what I've been saying the whole time. Whenever he brings that stuff up. Who would want to treat a cupcake so poorly as to put it in one's pants? Well, yes, you, that's what... I, every time Errol brings up anything food-related like that, that is exactly my answer. Unless <laughs> the food I don't like. Then I don't really care. What did Jeff say over here? Uh, oh, wrestling is for people with... PPL people, I guess, with diminished capacity. <laughs> He's telling you that if you watch wrestling, you're wasting your time. But, uh, oh, whatever. <laughs> Slick says, hashtag Team Lyle. Look out, hashtag, Lyle. look out, Las Vegas. Well, uh, of course, you take anybody over Lyle. the beef. Give me a break. And uh, could you imagine them two? I, I, how much would you put on it? Would, would 10 I, to 1? I, be, I'd say the beef wins the fight. I wouldn't. I would just get so liquored up that I wouldn't even watch that. I, I, I'd say the Beave wins the fight. If, if I'll let you commentate and analyze that fight. I, I mean, seriously, the Beave is a little bit taller. I mean, Lyle's small, you know, know. he's like, a, he's like yeah. a munchkin, you know. Right. So I, I think the length of the arms and the ability to get to him, I think, I think it would go to the Beave. Now, I don't know if the Beave can, uh, you know, take him down and demol- demolish him, but Hey, listen, I, I would put my money... He claims he could do it to Jeff, so I would imagine so. Well, you know, maybe Jeff will be the referee. <laughs> Waffle-wee! <laughs> no, if Jeff were the referee, he wouldn't give him any calls. And then he would and they'd say, oh, you should, you're going to blame the Waffle-wee on this one? And then they'd, they'd have the... That fight... And then, then would those two would Josh? fight. Would you rather no, Josh? But the, see, what would happen is they would end up fighting. Lyle would just be like a side card at that point, or whatever you call it in the co- uh, boxing world. And <laughs> the warm-up fight, like the opener of a concert, that would be the equivalent of that. The That would be the opening card, and then the Beave and Jeff fighting each other eventually would just fight, happen. After the fight, uh, the beef would go up there and he'll talk, you know, when they interview him, he'd be like, it was the Waffleese, they screwed me. <laughs> right. So what, after that, because if Jeff, hypothetically in this scenario, becomes the main referee, then the beef would just try to fight him like he's always been wanting to forever. Could you imagine that? I, look, and that would become the I, main I, event. I, I'm a beef fan, so I'll be I'll be back in a beef. I guess I'll be in his corner. I'll be his, like, uh, manager, okay? And Jeff will be uh, Lyle's manager. Who do you think will win? I think we'd win. I'd cheat, you know? I would have to help him. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 then again, so, then again, the beef would probably cheat. they just find a way to I'd, cheat, I'd too. beat him up with cupcakes, okay? Ah, <laughs> oh, so there you go. Sasha. I'd drown him with cupcakes. Uh, what did Jeff say over here? Jeff says, the only thing the, the beef is winning is a silver medal at the Paralympics. <laughs> and then Snuck says, they would just slap each other until they got turned on and then did what came natural. <laughs> Stuck said I corner Lyle anytime. Uh, of course you would. Uh, and that that'll just that's a loss right there. Just the fact that Snug's in the corner. He'll be too busy eating his cupcakes, not paying attention to the fight. Snug <laughs> the last remaining Lyle supporter. 
He loves Lyle. I, I don't know what I know, it is. I know. The hierarchy of, of Slug's top three. Somehow Lyle made the cut. He loves you. He loves Lyle. And Jeff. <laughs> and three. he loves Jeff. Yes, there it is. Some, somehow, like everyone else, I, will I, I, he'd say, I'd say he hates Beef One, me too, and uh, no, he likes Mikey C too. Mikey C. Oh, okay, well, fine. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Now, all right, so Lyle's number four then. In that case, I could care less if he hates me. It doesn't matter. to Jeff me. Jeff is number one, obviously. It, it don't matter to me. <laughs> I. Don't care. <laughs> I, I, I over the years, I've dealt with this guy, so it, it wouldn't matter to me, and nor do I care if he hates me or loves me. So there you go. Uh, I want to thank John Anderson for joining us, but uh, I, I want to get into some football. And obviously, Colin Kaepernick is back, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, he is. The knee, knee, the knee spirit man. Who, By the way, I loved his Netflix uh, documentary or show, whatever they call it. Um, I have nothing against Colin Kaepernick. I, I really don't. Now, did I agree with the knee, the kneeing to the national anthem? He already came out and said he had nothing to do with it. That had nothing to do with why he was kneeing to the national anthem. And I believe him. Okay. But wearing uh, the socks of uh, Fidel, Castro, Fidel yeah. Castro and some of the stupid things that he's done on and off the field, I would disagree on some of the things that he has done, uh, the stupid things that he has done. Do I think that Colin Kaepernick deserves another chance in the NFL? I would say so. Colin Kaepernick was a successful quarterback in the NFL. He was one play away from winning a Super Bowl. If he won that Super Bowl, he'd still have a job in the NFL right now. Oh, so many people thought at the end of that game was pass interference, too. Okay. The fact that, you know, the position that he is in right now has to do with Roger Goodell, has to do with the NFL, has to do with the position... The NFL with control and, and decision-making of where this league is going and, and how the people and the, and, the, and, the, and the people that are putting, you know, obviously the money to the league and, and, and putting fannies to the seats are telling, you know, Goodell and, and ownership that this guy doesn't deserve an opportunity or a second chance to play in the NFL. If he's a good player and he could play in this league, he absolutely deserves a second chance. Everybody. Greg Hardy, not a second chance. Um, if I go up and down, Ray Rice didn't because he was he was practically done with his – he was a running back. I right. mean, that Colin Kaepernick's life. 29 years old. He hasn't played in, what, four years? No, he's older than that. I think he's 33. Is he 33? Yeah. I don't even know how old he is. Uh, I'm, let looking me say. I'm looking up now. I, look, look how old he is. I, he's 34, yeah. Th- all right, so he's 34 years, but he hasn't played in five years. Right. So, I mean, he has his legs under him. I'm sure he's got the speed, he's, his agility. I don't know if he can throw a football anymore. I don't know. And only these experts, these NFL you know, managers or coaches or agents, I don't know. But does he deserve a second chance? Absolutely does. I, I, is he going to make the Raiders, which he's trying out for? Probably not. But does he deserve every year to, to, to be a walk-on on one of these rosters? I think he's better than a lot of these backups on some of these mm-hmm. teams. I really do. I, I think I, – and, and by the way, he has experience. He's won before. At one point, he was being – him and Russell Wilson was being compared as one of the, the two young right, elite quarterbacks that, yeah. in all of the NFL. I mean, they were playing – they were commercials of them playing Yeah, the, the winner the winner or the loser has to like uh, – the loser has to like dress up in something or something like that or yeah. shave, shave their head, shave something. 
I think it was well, it, 2013 when they were both probably the best. That those two and Cam Newton were the best dual threat quarterbacks at that time. Yeah, and and, and he was on his way, and he was one play away from winning a Super Bowl. And if I'm telling you, if he won that Super Bowl, we wouldn't be arguing right now. Colin Kaepernick would still have a job. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I've always thought that he deserved the chance to at least be on a roster in the time that he wasn't. He's been out of the league for six years, obviously, with everything that happened with him. Now, granted, I think statistically he fell off from where he was in 13. 13 was really his peak. 14, a lot of things went wrong with that 49ers team. Jim Harbaugh, that whole drama, uh, had a bad year. But he's had some good stretches since then as a player. In that season, 2016, when he did play. Remember, he wasn't even the starting quarterback labeled that year. Blaine Gabbert was because Chip Kelly is brilliant and loves his guys first. That's a whole other story. But still, like he played well in the small stint that he had. 16 touchdowns, 4 interceptions in 11 games is not bad. Now, the problem with, in addition to obviously the stuff off the field that might hurt him, is the way the analytics have taken over the sport of football now. And certain things like completion percentage and yards per attempt are prioritized a lot more where those kinds of things were never his big strength throughout his career. He had a big arm. Yeah. But the accuracy wasn't always there. He had some certain seasons, not every season, but certain seasons had some turnover issues and that's being kind of faded out in comparison to the big athleticism, not arm strength as much because you still got Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, guys like that, but you have accuracy and analytic stuff being prioritized more so that might make it harder especially at 34 years old you don't know how he can run the same way because he's not he's been rusty he hasn't played in six years obviously and the Raiders gave him his first formal workout too so there's a lot of unknowns with that it's going to make it hard but he definitely deserves the chance because yes he's a lot better than I would say at least half maybe but maybe a third of the backup quarterbacks that are in the league right now. Definitely better than the ones the Giants had the last couple of years. They brought in Tyrod Taylor this year, obviously. But he was a lot better than freaking Mike Glennon and Kyle Lalletta and those guys. I just want to wish, uh, first of all, I want to give uh, Dallas, the Dallas Mavericks a congratulations for a sensational year uh, as uh, the, a Western Conference championship team uh, falling short to the Golden State Warriors, who is heading back to the NBA Finals. I am not surprised. I mean, after Phoenix got eliminated by Dallas, I thought the only team that could eliminate the Golden State Warriors, especially the way they played in the second half, was Phoenix. Phoenix really didn't produce, and that, that has a lot to do with Dallas and Luka Doncic. And um, what a sensational year from one of the best young players in the NBA. And Jason Kidd, say whatever you want, like him or not like him. Um, he can coach. This guy's been a successful point guard, a Hall of Fame point guard. Uh, and he got this team uh, moving in the right direction. So shout out to Mar- Mark Cuban and his Dallas Mavericks. As a successful Hall of Fame point guard that, yes, is better all time than Steph Curry. Oh, and by the way, the reason why... <laughs> that was just why a shot at your friend, the, Eric Martini. The reason why they won this series was... And I, I think the MVP of the series is Andrew Wiggins. I think he was the best player in this series. Uh, he shut down... Well, he didn't shut down, but he kept Luka Doncic... Uh, you know, in position to not take over these games. Right, not as efficiently. He still had high point totals, yes. but not as efficiently. So yeah. uh, he kept them, you know, close and, and put pressure on Luka Doncic to not do the things that he, you know, he is strong at. But uh, a, a very big congratulations to the Golden State Warriors. Moving on to an NBA Finals again. I, I don't want to see them winning. We know. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, uh, very well-deserved for a very well-built team with a tremendous amount of talent. 
Uh, a very good future, even without Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Yeah, they're prepared well. They got a lot of good young wing players. I, they might not have a point guard to be as electric as Steph Curry is, but they have a lot of young shooting guards, a lot of good scorers that are definitely getting good minutes in this series too, which is helping prepare them for the future if they do have to lose one of those veterans eventually later on. And Andrew Wiggins definitely rebirthed himself in this series too. The way he... See, look at that smile on his face. How do, how do I like somebody that has... A... A smirk on his face all the time, like I'm the you-know-what. I, I, it bothers me. It, it just bothers me. Well, it's better than Draymond Green and his awkward smiles. <laughs> he, he, it just annoys the hell out of me, Steph Curry. He really does. We know. <laughs> so, whatever. Anyways. Yeah, frustrated with, every, with every, little, every little thing. Meanwhile, Draymond Green has the weirdest smile on the team. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously. The, these guys, they, the whole series, they were provoking Luka Doncic. They were pushing him around and... And now they got smirks on their face. So I, I'm, I'm glad. Shut it off, by the way. I don't want to watch this anymore. Well, I don't no, it's over now. I don't want to see them get their trophy. I don't want to see them get their trophy, okay? I, 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 I'm tired of why. By the way, it's 4-4 Edmonton and, uh, and Calgary going into. Oh, uh, we're going to have another one like game one? Ooh. Well. That'd be interesting. I expect, well, I'll tell you this. Calgary needs to win this game or Edmonton's going to the Western Conference Finals. They'll, could you imagine that they're the first team to go to the Western Conference Finals, who would have thought that? Yeah, I mean, it's what St. Louis did last night. Uh, could they have shocked the world and knock? It could go on to St. Louis and knock eventually knock off this Avalanche team that has been the, I believe, the best all around. Uh, NHL team. Well, yeah, they're the most talented team left. It's just a matter of can they overcome this pressure. If they get past St. Louis, I think they'll be fine. It's just a matter of it's just a matter of because St. Louis is pesky. They're battle tested, and now they get to go home for Game Six. Now the Oilers, they're gonna have to fix a lot of different things if they want to have any shot. Even if they even if they don't win this game, then they do come out of this series later. They still gotta fix a lot of things if they want to contend with one of those Central foes. Because the Western Conference is the equivalent the. The central division in the Western Conference is like the Metro in the East, where like there's a lot of good teams in it, and they knock each other out a lot. And the Pacific is probably not as good as the Atlantic in the East, but it's still kind of like where there's only a couple good teams, where, yeah, yeah, they might make the cup here and there like Vegas did, like the Sharks did, but it's not overall the same level as playing against those central ones, those tough ones. Um. More in the NFL, uh, there's a lot of stories coming out. I mean, trade rumors and... Uh, movement of some players. Obviously, there's been a lot of movement of players this offseason. I mean, Adams going uh, to Oakland. Oh, well, I'm sorry, Vegas. Um, uh, Tyreek going to Miami. I mean, quarterbacks jumping ship and going other places like Russell Wilson. Um, and obviously, uh, Khalil Mack goes over there to the Chargers. And J.C. Jackson signs uh, with the Chargers. So there's so much moving at players this year. I, and this is where it's transitioning to. The NFL is transitioning to who would have thought. I mean, over the really the t- last 10 years, I mean, if you see five or six moves in an offseason, that's a significant right. amount. Now you're seeing 20, 25 moves uh, in the offseason. A lot of these teams, these players are jumping ship, going to teams that they're making more money or getting traded to teams that they can compete as a Super Bowl contender. So, um, I mean, this Terry McLaren thing is is starting to grow legs, okay? I don't know why Washington is planning to trade this guy. Uh, he has been their best wide receiver since Santana Moss. Uh, he's much better than Santana Moss. Um, why don't they pay this guy? Uh, why are you bringing in Carlson Wentz? Who, by the way, I like Carlson Wentz. I think he's a good quarterback. 
I am signing the player that I drafted. I'm signing the player that has been my best player for the last, I don't know, three years. And you're going to decide to part ways with this guy because you don't want to pay him? I, I, it doesn't make sense. Now, you drafted somebody. You drafted the Penn State kid. That's a, yeah. It looks like he's going to be a nice piece. Is he a guy like Terry McLaren? You found Terry McLaren in the second or third round. Third round, yeah. Okay. And it was supposed to be just to play with Haskins. Nobody expected him to be that as good as he's been. I mean, he's been one of the top 12, 13 wide receivers in the league. And he's been consistent. And now all of a sudden, because he wants top dollar, he wants to make between 16 and $20 million amongst the league's best wide receivers. You don't want to pay him? I, I don't understand this. I... Now, obviously, Schneider running the team or whatever the f- what hell is going on with the commanders, I have no idea. Hopefully, he'll be forced to sell it soon. <laughs> well, but we don't know what's going on with that team and that organization. And, and hopefully soon, uh, uh, the league starts to decide what they're going to do with Schneider and, and, and his wife and start finding somebody that can take over that team. That's a great football place, football city. I mean, they have a great football organization. The fact that the Schneiders are running that organization is despicable, and this whole um, the whole Gruden thing has just been horrible. Well, yeah. I feel bad for Gruden. Now, do, do I think Gruden's racist? Do I think he's sexist? Do I think he's racist? I mean, uh, um, anti-Semitic? Yes, I do. I think I think John Gruden is everything that we have seen him to be. And it doesn't make him right. And Dan Snyder is that times 10. <laughs> but why does the NFL go after a guy that is not an owner of an organization? Not anything as bad as this man. The fact that this man is still affiliated with the commanders. The fact that this man is still c- considered an owner in, in this league is despicable. Absolutely despicable. He's ruined this organization. He's overpaid players. He doesn't even pay his taxes. Right. This man is a despicable piece of you-know-what. Yeah. He overpays certain defensive players that end up falling off when he gets there, whether it's because of injuries, whether it's because of performance, whatever it may be. Albert Hainsworth to Junior Gallette to Josh Norman. How did that but, work? Yeah. Like, like, all these guys that are coming off these great seasons, they bring them in and they have they, they just crumble. They just really struggle. D'Angelo Hall back in the day uh, after he went from Atlanta. So you, you got all these instances where you do that. Meanwhile, you don't keep your own players happy. Guys like Trent Williams – really left on a sour note after they misdiagnosed that cancer treatment that he had and the team training staff with all the injuries they had, especially with Alex Smith messing that up the way they did. And you're just, you know, they don't care for their own players. They just want to be the flashy off season team. Uh, when we had Brian Drake on the yeah. show, he was mentioning like, they always just want to be the off season champions, get all the headlines and they're still stuck in that mode. And we've seen teams try to do that. And now they started to fade away from it. They are realizing, okay, it's not all, about just trying to create drama. Washington still hasn't had that kind of thing. Now they have another one with Terry McLaurin, who's been a very consistent receiver throughout his career. Great player. 919 yards, seven touchdowns his rookie year. 11-18, four touchdowns the second year. And then last year wasn't as consistent game to game, but still had 1,000 yards and five touchdowns. So... A guy, who is he throwing? To, who is throwing to him? That was my next point. Then you have a case of you have Taylor Henneke, Kyle Allen, Dwayne Haskins. You have all these different 
below average quarterbacks throwing you the ball and he's still putting up these numbers. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick for like two games this year. <laughs> and he was supposed to be the guy that gets him all the deep shots and nothing happened like that. So you're still not really fixing that kind of situation. Yes, Carson Wentz is an upgrade, but he's also a guy that's always hurt too. He's, he's a big upgrade. Yeah, fine. Yeah. But he's also a guy that's always hurt too. And for a field that's had all these bad injuries on it too, can you really trust him to stay healthy? Nevertheless, the other problem is, yes, Dotson might be something. I like him as a prospect. I thought he was a good player. I thought they reached on him in the draft, but I think he's a good player. Beyond that, Terry McLaurin has been dealing with lackluster receiving depth throughout his career, so he's gotten all the attention. They've had a very inconsistent running game, and he's still putting up those kinds of numbers, and now you're so far apart on a contract extension? This is an organization that is full of hypocrisy, and they brought in Ron Rivera to stabilize it, but it just shows that it just starts the top. Ron Rivera's going to be, he's going to fire, he's going to be fired by the end of this he year. He probably will be, because again, this organization just, he, they go in circles. It, they don't they don't understand, and I feel bad for Ron Rivera. He's put all this, with dealing with all this mayhem. Nice guy. I met him in Miami. I believe it. I, uh, before he got the job with Washington, uh, I met him in Miami. He's big. He's a lot bigger mm-hmm. than he looks. Oh, yeah. On TV, he's a big man. No, 85 uh, Bears, got to be beastly linebacker for that. Um, <laughs> and a nice guy. He yeah. really is a very, very nice guy and very well respected around the league. But uh, to take this job uh, in a position where he was just destined to fail. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, they've had a lot of good drafts. A lot of people have looked at their drafts mm-hmm. and be like, wow. And some of these draft picks have not really turned out to be the players that they thought. And they, and then they bring they draft guys like Sheroff or, or whatever. It's Sheriff, Sheriff. Yep. He's gone. Uh, he was a top pick. He was one of your best guards, one of the best Yeah, guards. I wanted the Giants to draft him in that draft. And Washington, who didn't really need him at the time, still took him anyway. And he turned out to be an all-pro type guard. Yep, and now uh, he's gone. He goes to Jacksonville. <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, you let these guys go when you, 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 you've decided to build your team around a core of players. None of it makes sense. And I think this has a lot to do from up top. Um, I, I don't know what the NFL is going to do with the Schneider situation. I, I think they need to start deciding because – a lot of these players are just not wanting to be there. And this is an organization you want to play for. The Washington football team, um, the Washington Commanders, they have a very good fan f- a following. Uh, this is a great city for football. It is. And they always do well with attendance. It's just, I mean, a lot of that has to do with the tourism, too. But still, they always have good fans, like hardcore fans. It's just, they have just just, just dysfunction throughout mm-hmm. everything. And it seems Sounds like they like just the Jets, don't learn. You know? Right. But at least the Jets have finally evolved and start to learn well, they what got they're a GM doing. That actually knows they got a doing. GM that knows what they're doing. They're not giving out these massive contracts all the time. And you're starting to see you're starting to see a lot of those old school teams that were considered, I guess, dysfunctional find that kind of find that kind of knack yeah, most in today's NFL. Some of them. I'm not saying Chicago all Chicago hasn't done Chicago that. hasn't done that. But I'm not I'm not saying all of them. The Browns have now. They've been they've Boy been, oh boy, I feel so bad for Justin Fields. Right. No, you you have to. The, uh, you have to because the Bears really haven't found that kind of thing either. The Raiders are starting to find it now, but again, they still have the drama off the field that they had to deal they with. They got McDaniels. Although they're destined to fail. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't trust them either, but uh, they're at least still not going to be consistently like 4 and 12 every year. Calgary scores. There you go. Uh-huh. Well, oh, no, no, that was, uh, that was a replay. Sorry. Uh, so they do take the lead, though. No, it's 4-4. Four, four. It's, it's, oh, they're showing an old goal. Yes. Okay. That's old. Yes, it's, oh, it's intermission. It's intermission yeah. So it's intermission 4-4. Four, four. But, yeah, there's, there's certain teams that have found that. The Jets being one of them, like you were saying. The Browns, I think, are another team that was so dysfunctional for a while. 
but Washington's one of those teams that have been stuck and haven't been able to find it. I think them, they're a lot like Miami, a lot like Detroit, where they're still stuck in that old mentality just because they have the old school ownership. And their teams, even when they've gotten good, talented players and good, talented coaches, just haven't been able to put it together because of those types of things. And Washington now is going to make it way less attractive of a destination for a top receiver like that, which you need in today's NFL. And now you're going to be able to, now you're going to force Terry McLaurin out because of that. They're going to let a top receiver out of their paws Mm -hmm. because they don't want to pay him. I mean, does that make sense? No. And for a guy that it's not like he has character issues. It's not like he has injury issues. He's played in three seasons. He's been in the NFL 46 out of the 48 games that he, that he's played uh, that he could have played. So there's no concern. If I was Kansas City, I would do everything I yeah. could to get him. I mean, Absolutely. seriously. You put him on that Kansas City team, oh, Tyreek Hill who? I mean, that's what they'd be saying. Right. Because this guy can – he's not as fast as Tyreek Hill. He can run all the routes. He's bigger. He's stronger. He's got better hands. Right. Um, I, I think he would be a perfect fit for Kansas City. I mean, But a lot of teams could be looking – I mean, the Giants could be looking at him. I, I, I know Washington wouldn't trade him in a divisional, te- you know, a divisional yeah. team. Uh, I, I know Washington. the Jets were. <laughs> I know the Jets were interested in McLaren. Right, that was before the draft. Before the yeah. draft, but now that they drafted Garrett Wilson, they don't have to pay him. So, um, I, I'm trying to think of teams that, for some reason, the Browns still have a lot of cap space. So I guess they could too if they wanted to, because the, they just signed Jadavian Clowney, but they still have Dallas. 21 million dollar cap space. How about Dallas? <laughs> that would be that would be the classic Washington thing to do, just to trade him in division again. Why not? But. With the NFC East, it happens all the Green time. Bay? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, too. They've done a good job shedding a lot of cap space, too. They're, they're in the, uh, I think, 19 now, which is good for them, too. Yeah, they should be the the lead team, so at least from an aggressiveness standpoint, to go after them because they need something with a wide receiver positioning. Otherwise, you're trusting a rookie as a well, one option. better than something. I, mean, I know that. I'd, but Gr- Green Bay is literally trusting a rookie him, of Christian Watson. To be I, I don't one know receiver. if he's Adams, but you put him. No, but he, he's a number one receiver. and He's younger than Adams. He's young. You mentioned that he's a, you were saying top 13, probably yes. that range of a wide yes. receiver. Aaron Rodgers will you put him with him Green to Bay, seven he'll be a top eight. five. Yeah. He'll be a top five. Yeah, something like that. And it's, you need something to take attention away from these other guys. They have running backs. They have, they have a decent offensive line. Plus, McLaren actually stays healthy, unlike Adams. So uh, he'll actually play hurt. He's not afraid of playing hurt. So I think McLaren would be perfect for Green Bay. Actually, like yeah, no, they are the team that also Minnesota, should pursue. Also Minnesota, uh, does, you think Minnesota needs them? They don't have the money. But. No, but I don't think they need a receiver as much as they need some defense or offensive line. They help. need a number two. Who's their number two? Thielen. Oh, that's right. Jefferson and the, and KJ Osborne played well for them as a slot receiver yeah. too last year. I think they're I think they're pretty okay. I think they need a little more offensive line and some defensive, just a little more defensive depth as a whole. I think they did well in the draft, improving that. Um, no, the Saints just signed Jarvis Landry, so they would be out, too. Mm. I, I'm trying to think, because there's, the NFC is a lot of those types of receiver-needy teams besides the West, really. And in the AFC, you mentioned the Chiefs. I don't think Maybe anyone the else in that division. Maybe the Broncos. Yeah, I guess with the Judy saga, it's a possibility. Yeah, just give Judy to Washington. That'll be perfect. No, well, they're not going to just trade Judy. No, I know. They're going to have a lot more than that. I know. I'm just saying, that would, that would be funny. Oh, Jerry Judy gets I, off-field issue two years honestly, ago. Two think, weeks ago. Trade in Washington. I think McLaren is worth a first-round draft. Pick. I do, too. So, yeah, he's going to be he's going to probably get a little less than what AJ Brown got. Same draft, probably not as talented, but probably not far behind and consistent, durable. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you're going to look at. Don't 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 count out the Patriots either. I don't know if they have the money, but uh, the Patriots are also a team. Yes, they brought Parker in, 
But McLaren oh, would a lot be a better than Parker. Uh, you put McLaren on that team, forget it. Yeah, it, it, there's going to be a lot of options if Washington is smart and actually does decide to and explore the Browns, that. Yeah. I think I don't know how the Browns have all this money when they they just trade for Amari Cooper and Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, huge contract. They still have twenty four million dollars in cap space. It's insane. Uh, the Patriots, yeah, they're only at one point seven million, so they're going to have to make other things work. Yeah, but maybe I like, But if it goes on further into training camp and after the training camp cuts, that's where you wouldn't rule out something like the Patriots because Indiana, Indianapolis. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, hmm. Maybe Atlanta because of Ridley, that whole saga. I don't think he wants to go there. I, mean, I don't know if he really labeled any teams. I just, I'm just going at teams that could pursue a wide receiver. No. The Bears should, but, I mean, they won't. Oh, probably. the Bears the Bears are desperate. They <laughs> yeah, need a guy they like should. That. You got Darnell Mooney as your number one receiver right now, and then a second. The Lions have a lot. They, yeah, they, they could. They, they could add him. I mean, they just drafted Williams. Yep. They could trade Williams in a trade to, if they want McLaren. McLaren's still very young. Yeah, I don't know if you would even need to at this point, though. No. I think you just trade You trade a first. You trade maybe a fourth-round pick, or you trade a, a couple of day-three picks, like a, a, co- a collection of it, and you could probably make that kind of thing work. I think you'll get similar to what the A.J. Brown package was, probably a little less at this point because he's now far away from the contract negotiations. I think further away than Brown was when he got traded from the Titans. Plus, the Titans are How much better run team. Yeah. Uh, Debo Samuel for, you know. He would fit there. McLaren. Uh, Debo Samuel would fit because Washington has all those hybrid players, but I don't know if Debo Samuel would want to be there. He does. He's he's from from South Carolina. That's Washington. Yeah. No, no, he's not far away from that area. He would fit, assuming the offensive coordinator knows how to use it right, because they have Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson, all these guys that are hybrid. So you just have the all-hybrid, all-star, allegedly, Offense, if they run it right. Then again, Washington doesn't have the greatest coaching staff either outside of Rivera, so we'll see if they end up doing that kind of thing. Mm. That would be interesting, though. McLaurin with the 49ers, he's a good route runner. He'd fit there, too. He's not the greatest after-the-catch guy comparatively to Debo Samuel, but Kyle Shanahan could definitely make that kind mm. of thing work. He's not, obviously not going to be the running back weapon, though, either. Uh, Snug says, Steph Curry and I get together on Tuesdays and Thursdays to listen to the sports loudmouths and to support each other when he gets attacked on the show. Excuse me, Ryan Fitzmagic. And they have their own band. Yeah, okay. The Raiders have the drama of their owner's hair. Mm. Yeah, that sounds about right. I would say he's right on that. I mean, it's so interesting. So the Debo Samuel thing. And then Kyla Murray, which obviously I think it's a great move with Hard Knocks. I, I, it is so – I'm looking forward to Hard Knocks. Like last year, I didn't watch the Indianapolis – Colts hard knocks. I did hear it was very interesting. But yeah, because it was even, in season. I forgot about but it. But even yeah. even the NFL didn't show what was really going on behind closed doors with uh, obviously Carlson Wentz and that team. Right. Uh, they just weren't getting along. And the fact that he was very close with Wright and and Wright just practically parted ways with him in the offseason. There was something something going on over there too. Uh, and now they bring in Nick Foles. <laughs> Whatever they bring in Nick Foles. No, I just find it funny. Like Carson Wentz and Nick Foles didn't get along with each other, and like the players were taking Foles aside in Philly, and then he comes over to the Colts and replaces him. He's a, a back. Well, he's a backup. Yeah, he's a backup. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're bringing in Ryan there, and I, I think Ryan is going to be uh, a better fit over there with the players that they have. They have a great running game, and Ryan's he's a winner. He hasn't won a Super Bowl, but he's been to a Super Bowl, and I think. Uh, I think it's a good fit. I think they have a chance over there in Indianapolis with the offensive line and some of the the pieces that they have over there. I I think you put McClare in there. Forget it. Oh, yeah. That would be a fun team to watch with the running game and everything that they have. Yeah, him and Pittman would be a really good duo. Yes. 
I, I Pittman's turning into a star. I think I think Brian's going to make him even better because mm-hmm. I I think he, I always thought Pittman was a great player on USC, but uh, you know he was misused a lot of the time. So he Drake didn't really... London. A lot of people think is better than him. So skill wise, he might be, but Pittman's still very skilled too. And I think he was misused a lot at USC, so he didn't really get the showcase what you saw from him last year, too. He became a lot more of a deep threat. He's always been a big guy, so he's always been good with physical catches and stuff like that. But he was never the greatest in terms of in terms of showing his deep skills and the overall route running. And it got so much better this year with the play calling, and they trust him a lot more, too. So now for, now with a quarterback in Matt Ryan, who's a lot smarter in terms of like not turning the ball over, he doesn't have the arm strength he used to. Mm. So Wentz might have a small advantage there, but it's still pretty big where mm. they can make that kind of thing work. And again, Taylor's going to get all the attention and you're gonna you're not gonna get the same kind of surprise factor because of that. So teams are gonna be more prepared for it, like they were in the second uh, the the first half of last year when they were shutting Taylor down. But then Taylor went off. But this Kyler Murray thing is a very interesting story. Uh, bringing in Hollywood Brown and and uh, Kyler Murray wanting out. He wants money. He wants forty million dollars a year. He wants to be one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL after what uh, Green Bay gave to Aaron Rodgers and. Uh, it, it's going to be very interesting going into the, this season. Now, Kyler Murray did not play well in the playoffs in, in, in his first playoff series. I, I, I still think Kyler Murray is one of the elite quarterbacks in this NFL, you know, in his early NFL career. And the fact that Arizona is not giving him an offer is it's going to hurt them because if he has another good year again this year and actually wins a playoff game, uh, his money and his, his, his contract is going to go up. I mean – uh, his numbers explain and show for what he is. I mean, Hopkins gives a miss, is going to miss six games because of the PED situation, but he'll be back. I, I, this team is going to be prolific. Uh, they're a good defensive team. They're built very well uh, through their core. I think they're very badly coached, but that's just me. Uh, but I, I think with the, 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 the talent that Kyler Murray provides and, and the ability that he can do you know, on the field, I it's hard to believe that this team isn't going to be successful again, Speedy. There are two things that are going to be judgmental of what Kyler Murray will end up getting. One of which is how well he will play without DeAndre Hopkins. Last year when he got hurt, it was more of a surprise to him. Not, not, that, not that DeAndre Hopkins has never got hurt before, but it's not something you could prepare he for as Christian much. Kirk make $76 million. Well, nobody said the Jaguars were smart. But I'm just saying, he helped... <laughs> A fourth guy. Uh, he was a third guy there, but on any other team, a fourth guy. Now he's a number one guy. Yeah, he, on, he was their number two essentially last year, but he's he still is a third. Or he's never guy. been a thousand yard receiver. <laughs> and the fact that he got seventy six million dollars just shows you what he did for Christian Kirk. Nevertheless, just say. DeAndre Hopkins' injury at the end of the season last year hurt Kyler Murray and hurt really that whole team offense. Now they're a little more prepared for it. They have a whole training camp. They have a whole – well, he's not at OTAs, but they have the whole beginning of the season to know what to be able to do with it. Now they have Hollywood Brown, who I'm not a big fan of, but Kyler Murray knows him well, and he's a good route runner. He's a good guy to fit an air raid type offense. I don't know if he'll uh, – he's not going to have the number of Hopkins. Do you want to zip tie the beef? Sure, why not? Do you want to – you know, like uh, like – Tie him to like a I know you know what a bull. Ties are. You want to tie him to sure, a bull? Sure, we could tie him to a bull. Why well, not? Well, you, but that might kill him. Do you want to see him die? Well, I would hope not. Well, but I'm asking you, if if you were to choose him or Josh, who would you pick? Well, I guess him in that case, because it would it's just like we were saying with the surfboard, it would be funny. For so you would pick the beef to go over Josh? Yes, it's a blooper reel. 
I would hope the bull doesn't kill him, but I don't know. <laughs> How about Jeff or the beef? The beef. Wow. You <laughs> Jeff says I'm okay with it. Yes, I'm sure you are okay seeing that. So you would, take, you would take Jeff over the beef? No, no, no. I would take the beef. I would take the beef. Over Jeff? No, no. The beef to be tied to a bull. If you, if you were and to And then it goes into one of those, uh, those bull survive, riding arenas. To, and... survive a bull, to, to, to survive a bull, who would you take? Jeff or the beef? Oh, you mean who I think would do it more? No, who would you save? Oh, Jeff. <laughs> Poor guy, man. Poor beef. Yeah. Does beef know this? He probably would, would have expected me to pick it anyway. No, I think he, he thought that you would pick... Uh, he knows you would pick him, but he, I don't know I don't know, he, he don't know what I would think. <laughs> but... <laughs> zip ties. The other factor is with the zip ties actually stay on if they were attached to a bull. That would be another whole scenario to begin with. But... I mean, he doesn't weigh a million pounds. I mean, no, but it's a it's a big aggressive animal with just held up by zip ties. So you, so you, you, so how about Jeff or Josh? Who would you save? Mm, that's a tough one. Come on, gotta pick one. Mm. I'll probably go Josh on that one. You're going to go Josh? Wow, I'll he go, actually I'll likes go, I'll go. I'll go Josh. Yeah, Josh is a nice guy. All right, but what about the beef? You don't think the beef is a nice guy? The, the, the beef and I have had many different arguments, and I don't know. So so, so because you've argued, you hate the beef? I don't hate him. It it's sounds about, like you do. talking about comparatively. I'm just saying that you just don't like the beef. I didn't say I didn't like him. Would you lick his ass? Oh, my God. I'm We're not saying, doing this now. I'm just asking. Yes or no? Oh, my God. Him or Josh? I'm not letting anyone lick my ass, and I'm not licking anyone else's ass. I'm just asking you. Uh, it's, yeah, a, it's, I, a, it's an easy question. You know? Yeah, and the answer is I'm not licking an ass. Well, this is a sports radio show, so it could happen. You know? No, it's not going to happen. Well, Jeff says Speedy is on my enemies list now. Okay, so. I, don't worry. I'm not going to lick your ass, Jeff. Thank uh, you. <laughs> and I'm not licking any asses. All right, here, here's a good one. Oh, here's God. A Snug or Jeff? Who would you save? Ooh. I'll go with Jeff because Snug would applaud me for saving Jeff. Oh, so but if he wouldn't applaud you, who would you take? I'd probably still go Jeff. You go Jeff, okay. Um, but but Snug 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 would support that decision anyway. I'm I'm, try, I'm try, just trying to figure out uh, who would you save and who would you not save. You know, Mikey C or Jeff. Hmm. I'll go Mikey C on that one. Wow, Jeff, you're you're losing, man. Jeff likes Mikey C. I don't you're falling. You're falling that. out of his list. Uh, you know the top of his list. The only. All person... right, what's your list? Let's hear this. Oh, you ask me, and I'll tell you. All right, go ahead. What is your list no, you of, gotta... of those five people? Who All you... Right, you gotta what tell is your me. order? Jo- Josh, Mikey C, Snug, Jeff. No, you gotta and ask the beef. me. You gotta ask me for me to answer. Fine. All right. Well, uh, who would I pick? We'll start with Snug and Jeff. I take Jeff. Jeff. All yeah, right. Hundred percent. Let's see. Josh or Mikey C. Ah. Uh... Mikey C and me have been very close friends for a long, long time. I kill them both. How's that? Oh, oh, you didn't give me that option. I'm not going to kill them both anyway. I would never kill you guys both. Uh, let's see. Let's go. All right. I'll save Mikey. Go ahead. All right. Let's go. Jeff or Lyle? Jeff. Jeff. All right. Let's see. We'll go with Beaver Josh now. That's uh, that's hard. Yeah. No, because those are the ones you're, you talk to all the time, so I figure. I'll um, I'll give my life to save theirs. How's that? Oh, plot twist. All right. There all you right. go. Snug or Lyle? That's a good one. 
That's a really good one. Um, uh, I guess snuck. All right. Ready for this one? Mm. Lyle or Kenny? Lyle. Oh. <laughs> All right. We finally found a winner for Lyle. It's taken somebody as crazy well, as Kenny it, for it, that. Some of the stupid things that ever comes out. Some of the crazy things that comes out of Lyle's mouth. It just makes me boggled that he even knows what he's talking now, about. Now, would you change your mind if Kenny finally came through on the turkey dinner? No. Oh, the turkey dinner does I'd not still make go a difference. Lyle. I'll still go all right, Jeff or Mikey C? Mikey C. Mikey C wins that one. Yeah. All right. Uh, trying to think. Uh, trying to think. All right, let's say uh, Snug or Matty Caps. That's a good one. Um, I'm going to go with Matty Caps. Mm hmm. All right. It's a good question, but... Uh, you All know, right. Snug pisses me off, you know? <laughs> if Snug didn't piss me off as much... And I don't think Snug gives a crap what I say, so it doesn't even matter. Okay. So. All right. Uh, two home stretch hosts. Guido or Tyler? Who are you taking? Tyler. <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> okay. That's not saying much. <laughs> Guido or Lyle? <laughs> Lyle. <laughs> Lyle. <laughs> Lyle. Lyle has a little bit of a winning streak. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Kenny or Snug now? <laughs> Snug. Snug. Snug wins out in the battle of the crazies. Yeah. I don't think Snug's is, Snug is crazy. I think he's a pain in the ass. Okay? That's what I think he is. He's always been that. So, yeah, so is Jeff. But, uh, you know, Snug is a Snug is a gentleman. Snug over everything. Yeah. He also says he's not, he doesn't mind losing to Mikey C. Hey, Jeff, would you, uh, if Snug's over everything, would you lick his ass? That's my question. Oh, who knows? That's a good question. Snug <laughs> would probably be honored. That's just an extra. That's an extra credit question for, for Jeff, and I know what Jeff's going to say. <clears throat> You're disgusting. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he would, but I'm sure Snug would also be honored too. Well, I'm just asking. I mean, he he loves him so much, so he might as well clean his ass. You know, right? <laughs> yes, because that correlates with everything in the world. I'm just asking. I mean, he's yes. buddy, buddy. But man. everything correlates to, to eventually correlating to <laughs> wiping asses or licking asses. Well, because it, it's a good question. If he loves him so much, why not, right? Uh, I suppose. He does love him. No? Yeah, I know, I know. They are. The, it's the true gentleman relationship. Oh, yeah, they're, they're true gentlemen, all right. I mean, they're Boston gentlemen. That's about it. Everything else is probably scary. Every conversation with Errol goes back to of course. I know you're going to say that, Jeff. I was waiting for you to say that. So nothing would be hidden for, without you saying something like that. But it's a good question because you know what? You can't answer it or you don't want to answer it. But if you do answer it, it'll probably be yes because you and Snug are just such great gentlemen. All right. I got another, I got another one for you. All right. Here we go. Eric Martini or Mikey C. <laughs> That's a really good one. You know, that's such a good question. I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with Eric Martini. I figured you would. I wasn't sure, though. Uh, Mikey C was right there. You know, he's right there. I, I, I can't. I'm more closer right now with Eric, so I would say Eric. Okay. But um, 
But it, it's a good question. That's a good. Question. Yeah, no, that, no that, I figured that'd be a closer yeah. one. I was trying to think of yeah. some of your like some of your other friends to mix in the mix, uh, at least weird combinations. Well, I mean, it doesn't really matter because it'll never happen, and I probably save my. I'd save all of them for my my own. Oh, life, okay, so. No, so, uh, that's also fair. That's that's. That's how I am. All right. One more. The oh. weird periscope throwbacks or slash caller throwbacks. All right, here. Miami Heat or Kenny. <laughs> what are we going with here? I don't think you'd save either one of them. <laughs> Their lives, but. <laughs> I would say Kenny. Kenny? Yeah. There you go, Kenny. You got to win if you're listening for the first time in three years. I, I think uh, I think Kenny listens. I just think Kenny has got his own, you know, problems. He got into, like, smoking wax. and Yes. Yes, he did. He's in his own <laughs> world. It's how he called. I I don't know what happened to that guy. I mean, he was doing. Oh. Like, <laughs> By the way, another one that's in Snoke's top five too. Add him to the list. He's right after Lyle. <laughs> like I, I I I've been waiting for his YouTube to go back up. I've been trying to follow him. He's just disappeared from the face of the earth. Kind of. He just deleted his channel, or just I don't know. He just or... doesn't do anything. Uh. He like completely disappeared. Off. Maybe he found a woman. I, I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe he found a man. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Maybe he found more wax. Or maybe he just found wax, and that's what. Turn him into whatever he turned into. So. Maybe, maybe he's uh, in some kind of know. escapade because the wa- the wa- he got caught for the wax and now he's in hiding. Nah, Kenny's a nice guy. Whatever he decided to do, I'm sure he, you know, is crazy. No, he just hope. Hopefully, he didn't buy. See, uh, hopefully, he didn't buy tickets to watch Eli Manning play for the Giants. Baker Mayfield, where does he go? Really, the only options left seems to be the Panthers. Or uh, Seattle. Uh, Seattle seems like they're the most logical from everything we know, but they don't seem as interested. It seems like that's the Panthers. When, when, that's when you always know that that could, could just completely be flipped right now. Because Drew Locke, you could trade uh, Drew Locke in that trade to um, – Yeah, have uh, Drew Locke be a backup. Yeah, the backup fine, quarterback. Yeah. He's a good backup, and uh, it makes sense. But uh, I do does – the uh, Browns do that, especially knowing that Deshaun Watson could miss a significant amount of time. Right. So, That's why I'm thinking the value is going to be too unknown for a team like the Seahawks, who they kind of know. Which, by the way, is getting he, – he is going to get reamed off of uh, what these girls are asking him for. Dude. Oh, okay. sure. Yeah, there are already three new ones that came out yesterday, too. And You're, you're talking about millions. I mean, he just yeah. got a $263 million contract. Um. I expect him to pay out these girls between sixty and seventy million. Sure. So that's a lot of money he's throwing away. Yeah. I mean, for his perverted, whatever his fetish that he has. Yes. I mean, um, I, I guess the Browns are willing to take on a guy like that, um, even though I I would say he's got a lot of problems. I think yeah, there's he, definitely still skepticism, and I think that's more of a. I don't think I, it's hard to believe that this is skepticism anymore. I, I mean, I wouldn't say all these girls, but I would say it looks like a good. Some of them are telling the. I truth. would say I would say at least half would probably be the scenario I would go. You don't for. think these girls? Some of these girls are telling the truth. Oh, I do. No, I'm saying so. I, I think at least half of them like have a. They have to be some of these have girls, a case. Some of these I would girls imagine. have to be telling the truth. I mean, it, it's hard to believe that they're not. Yeah, I, I don't think all of them are. No, no, I, they're I just jumping out of out of thirty plus women. I don't think I, I can't. Imagine. I would say ten. 
You think 10? Okay. That's uh, that's a pretty fair ten. number. I, I, yeah, I, I would probably say in the half range, like a 13 or a 14, something like that. You never know. I'm not, we're, not, we're not in the lineup in the interrogation room judging all these. But nevertheless, from the Browns' perspective, I think that was more of an ownership type thing. Andrew Barry, maybe he knows something that we don't with this whole situation. But the more of these come out. He's not doing any, uh, you know, time in jail. I mean, right. he, that's already been decided. But yeah. The amount of money he's going to have to pay off to these women, I mean, they're going to get they're going to get a lot, right? And, and it's also more could happen too if more come out and more evidence comes out. It doesn't so. matter. He's not going to jail, and that's that's all he cares about. He's not seeing any jail time. He didn't rape anybody. He's not going to jail. There's nothing that I've read that he's going to see any kind of jail time. The N- the NFL is going to decide what they're going to do with him and their policies or how, right. how they're going to suspend him. He might miss seven to eight games. Yeah, I'm hearing ten games is a very likely one for this year. All right, so Baker Mayfield will still be sitting in the position to, to possibly start. Yeah, the question is now they have to repair their image of Baker Mayfield too, which is a big problem. No, they don't. He's just got to play with them for about seven eight games, and then they can trade him at the trade deadline because that's – They'll try to get as much as they bet. And, and Baker's going to want to play well because he wants to start somewhere else. Yeah. So I expect Baker to go out there and show, put on a show. And, and maybe he could prove that they were wrong about bringing in Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Now, the up the upside for him is not much. It's just a, can he prove it off of the injury more? Because that kind of shoulder injury, yes, it's his non-throwing shoulder, but it still matters for the wind-up of the throw and for the positioning of your body when throwing the ball. So, therefore if a team realizes that his throwing mechanics might be out of whack where it could be, could hurt his development as a whole, especially if he does get older. And remember odds are he's going to be traded to a team that either he's going to be as a backup for a little while, or he's going to have probably a bad offensive line. If he plays 10 games or he plays nine games with Brown, the Browns and they're winning, uh, it's going to be hard to just yeah. say goodbye to a guy that is going to get you, you know, healthy is going to get you into the playoffs. That's again. the other tricky part. Um, but, their roster is so talented when they're healthy. Um, but I think they will part ways with him because they just gave Deshaun Watson a lot of money. So um, there'll be a. T- I'm sure if he has a good season, there'll be teams lining up. Miami, if even though they're saying Tua's uh, played well so far in OTA, who cares? I, there are a lot of teams that are going to be interested. I heard Atlanta, too, was another dark horse that could go for him. But now they just drafted Seattle, Ritter. Now they just drafted Ritter, so that's probably the out The Saints. Now. Yeah, the Saints, I could say. Uh, a, a team that could be very interested in him, especially with Jameis Winston, James Winston that's there for another year. He only signed a year contract. And, uh, the other Baker guy, Mayfield wouldn't be able to handle Hill's all only Ohio there. State weapons. So Hill signed a three-year deal. They could actually opt out after next yeah, year. Yeah, after actually, I think it's after this year. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, after next year. Yeah. This coming year. Yeah. Uh, so the, Baker makes a lot of sense over there. So uh, I don't know. There's too many Ohio State weapons. He might not like that. There's a lot of Ohio <laughs> State people there. and uh, But uh, I, think it, I think he'd be a good fit there. So small quarterback with a, good, a decent arm, an accurate arm. So. Um, just to get three, just to get sacked three times by Nick Bosa. I don't think there's there's a crazy thought that Drew Brees could come back. You know. Yeah, no, it's it's possible. Now, again, he's obviously losing the arm strength the way he did his last year, but at the same time, he a wasn't, lot of the, he wasn't healthy. At, yeah, at the same time, those injuries are three years ago, and. Yeah, he played in 2020, but he wasn't really the focal point. It was more of Kamara on a healthy. defensive team he wasn't healthy. in 2020. And you were just expecting Brees to win the games, get the clutch wins, which they, he, which they did the for the The weapons that they have now, with the, the, he'll have the most weapons he's ever had. Uh, with Thomas there, Olave there, and, and who's the Kamara other guy? And, and Kamara. And, uh, now Jarvis Landry. Jarvis yeah. Landry. They have a lot of weapons there. And 
I, I could see Drew Brees coming back for one more year and, and, and showing his worth. But you could bring Baker Mayfield to play behind him to learn. The yeah, offense. be a good mentor. The guy you that's know, also a, a guy that a lot of people compared him to. So yeah, I, I heard that comparison too at the draft because Baker is a smaller quarterback yeah. too, with not a huge, huge arm. Drew Brees was never known for a big arm either. Same kind of thing. Obviously, the accuracy has to improve though, because Drew Brees was great at limiting turnovers. Baker Mayfield, not always. But uh, yeah, I, I want to thank. All the fans that tune into us every single week and uh, like us, hate us, love us, whatever, tuning into the show and supporting us and everything that we do, uh, I'd like to thank everybody. This is going to be the first week vacation that me and Speedy are going to take in almost four years. No show uh, for us for Tuesday and Thursday uh, next week. Uh, we will be gone for a week. Uh, we'll be back exactly Tuesday. I'll be back on a plane. I'll be flying in at 6.30. I'll make it just in time for the show on Tuesday. Wow. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll be back on Tuesday next week. Uh, not the next week. The week after. Um, Speedy, you're going to Maine. Yes, I am. I'm going to Maine. With five different five different national parks slash uh, boating beach areas too. We're gonna do deep sea fishing again. Uh, we're gonna do some whale watching and a bunch of other things. And oh, five so your different... mom's gonna be swimming? I'm oh just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. I'm just kidding. I did not expect you to go to that extreme, but okay, here we are. But no, she, no, she'd be a lot more panicked if she was in the swimming in a deep sea area, fishing area. I'm but yes, joking. it's going to it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do a lot more. We were there in 2013. I don't understand why I can't have fun on this show. You know, you we, we just spent an hour of deciding who would you rather save if they were in a bull riding zip tie. That's a good idea. Yes, <laughs> yes. This new. Uh, Barcelona running of the Bulls thing, now featuring the Beef, Snug, Kenny, and all them. Mm. <laughs> Attached to zip ties. That would be a good idea. Of course. I- I'd love to see these guys run. Now, who do you think would win in a race? Uh, Snug, Jeff, Josh, the Beef, or Mikey C? In a race on a bull or just a regular race? A race to run away from the bull. Uh, I would take probably Jeff in that. Jeff is going to outrun Mikey I C? Think I think... I- I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure on Mikey C's athleticism level. I know Jeff was a former golfer, former uh, hockey player, and whatever. He's also like 300 pounds or 280 pounds. Is he that big? He's a big man. Okay. Jeff's uh, a big man. Okay. I, I, I don't know how much he is. I, I, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm, Jeff. I'm 260. Not, I, I would say 260. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I didn't think he was that big. Okay. 260. Yeah, I, I, I don't just know the rest of the athleticism comparatively. I, Snug, we know, is pretty big and uh, I'm not sure on Josh's athleticism How about the beef? Level. You don't think the beef is athletic? I'm not sure. I, I don't have really a sample of it to judge. Uh, the beef actually can play basketball so he's athletic. Okay. So so in order from one But uh, does that does that supplement raw speed of, of running raw from speed. a bull? No, I know, but the basketball basketball speed is a little different I'll than I'll tell you who mine would be. Okay, god. I would say Mikey C1 I would say Beef two, Jeff three, Josh four, Snug five. Okay. I think we agree on Snug five. I just, I you know them better than I do. Like off, like the experiences. I, 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 I might even put Josh before Jeff. But okay. I, I, I think Jeff would probably cheat and. <laughs> 
you know. And Beav will be blame the referees. He'll probably pull When Beav. he gets second place. He'll probably choke Beav. And, and... <laughs> yeah, true. Yes. I, you're right. I changed my mind. You're right. Mikey C would win because Jeff would do that. You're absolutely right. And, no, the Beav would instigate it first, and then they would just fight Mike's each other. Mike's witty, so he cheats. So he'll find yeah, the the beef will the beef will blame the referees. Mm. Oh, I should have won. They're all the referees' fault. The referees. Oh, uh, look. Speaking of guys that are supposed to blame people for referees, uh, Jeff has returned. Yes, Jeff. Before we <laughs> leave, if we're all in a bullfighting ring, mm-hmm. okay, and uh, very much uh, mea culpa. I am not a fast runner. I okay. That's, okay. I didn't. I wasn't sure. So I, again, right. I just judged. Yeah, uh, got it. But if we're in a bullfighting ring and it's the five of us and we all have to run from the bull, I'm grabbing the beeve and holding him down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if Tyler was there too, who who would you hold down first? I would hold the beeve on top of Tyler. <laughs> The bull might get to Tyler first. Because I don't need to be faster than the bull. I just need the bull to be preoccupied with something else. I'll walk out of it. <laughs> oh, man. The beef. Oh, wow. He, Jeff really doesn't like the beef. There you go. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm fine with the beef. I just wish he'd stop crying. <laughs> but, well, hold on one second. I mean, I asked you Tyler or the beef, and you said the beef on top of Tyler. So usually you'd say I I want to see I want to see Tyler get hurt. You know? Right. Well, at least that would give the Beeb an opportunity to run away quicker than Tyler because Tyler wouldn't be able to shed the Beeb. <laughs> Tyler. Right. Yeah. Tyler would see the vendor in the stand. Right. Tyler would try to eat the stands. What are you talking about? <laughs> if it looks like an Oreo cookie, Tyler would try to eat it. <laughs> Cause of death: choking on chan- stand chair, not. Being aggressively attacked by a bull. Uh, he was hallucinating. Oh, grub hands. Grub <laughs> <Grub-hub> hands. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, uh, to the, all the fans, thank you for supporting. How, how great is it you had the fantasy baseball guy and he body bagged you and said, "Oh, dude, easy answer." Kind of story over Donald. He didn't body answer. He didn't body. And he didn't say easy answer. He said, "I." I by would the way, take... another home run for story tonight. Well, congratulations to him. But uh, I know he's hitting the cover off the ball right now. Well. Uh, there and you cheaper go. than Josh Donaldson. Better value. Oh, here he goes again. Um, so thank you all the fans. Uh, we'll be back in about a week. Um, we will be doing the Weekend Crunch this week. We won't be doing the Weekend Crunch. Did you let them know? Yes. Uh, so for one week, we won't be doing a Weekend Crunch for the first time in almost two years. It's it's No, we've never missed a week of the show. It's yeah. just always been d- different co-hosts. It's crazy. Rotating between Eric and uh, Josh. and the, I think the one week CJ was part of it. <laughs> I mean, a... we could give them an old show. Maybe you could tell them we can give them an old show. Yeah, I might do that. I might just give them just a random show. I'll say. Yeah. But um, thank you to everybody uh, for supporting us and uh, you know all that other stuff. And uh, uh, we'll keep doing what we're doing, and uh, as we, uh, you know, it'll be a week. Uh, don't worry. We'll be back uh, being the asses that we always are uh, <laughs> when we come back, and I'm sure we'll both have stories, so I'm sure. Um, I will be going to Florida for a week. Speedy will be going to Maine for a week, and then we'll be coming back uh, being our same old selves like always. Until then, this is Errol Marks, Speedy Petey, saying goodnight, and we'll talk to you in about a week. Good night.
It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.